This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. Today is Tuesday, September 29th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. A computer outage at a major hospital chain based in King of Prussia thrust healthcare facilities across the U.S. into chaos Monday with treatment impeded as doctors and nurses already burdened by the coronavirus pandemic were forced to rely on paper backup systems. Universal Health Services Incorporated, which operates more than 250 hospitals and other clinical facilities in the United States, blamed the outage on an unspecified IT security issue in a statement posted on its website Monday, but provided no details about the incident, such as how many facilities were affected and whether patients had to be diverted to other hospitals. UHS workers reached the Associated Press at company facilities in Texas and Washington, D.C., described uh, mad scrambles after the outage began overnight Sunday to render care, including longer emergency room waits and anxiety over determining which patients might be infected with the Mm. virus that causes COVID-19. The Fortune 500 company with 90,000 employees said patient care continues to be delivered safely and effectively, and no patient or employee data appeared to have been accessed, copied, or misused. Do you remember uh, years ago, there was the big push to convert all the analog, all the paper documents over to computers and so on and so forth, and how long that took? Yeah. I wonder if a lot of the places stored those Papers? Papers. I have for a little while. Yeah, Yeah. I would would believe for a number of years they've on to that stuff. The King of Prussia company also has hospitals in the United Kingdom, but its operations in that country were not affected, a spokeswoman said Monday night. Uh, criminals have been increasingly targeting the networks of healthcare institutions during the coronavirus pandemic, including networks, uh, infecting networks with malicious code and that scrambles data to unlock it. They demand payment. A mother and her adult daughter were sentenced Monday to life in prison in the slangs of five close relatives, including three children in Marsville last year. 47-year-old Shana Decree and 21-year-old Dominique Decree were sentenced in Bucks County Court after entering guilty but mentally ill pleas uh, to five counts of first-degree murder. President Judge Wallace Bateman said this is horrible and tragic because I do believe that the two of you expressed remorse as he sentenced the defendants. Unfortunately, that doesn't bring them back. You can't just say sorry and expect people to move on with their lives. He told them that they caused unimaginable harm. Both women offered tearful apologies to the court and other relatives in the courtroom. The hardest thing for me to do is decide is to decide who to say sorry to first, Shana Decree said. To my family, I am sorry for taking away the, these beautiful souls in such a horrible manner. Dominique Decree sobbed as uh, she said her actions will haunt her for the rest of her life. I'm so sorry for everything that happened. I truly don't understand why it happened, she said. A children and youth service caseworker uh, who went to the Marsville apartment in February of 2019 found the bodies of Shana Decree's children, 25-year-old Nayira Smith and 13-year-old Damon Decree Jr., Shana Decree's sister, 42-year-old Jamila Campbell, of Trenton and Campbell's nine-year-old twin daughters, Imani and Erica Allen, uh, were found also in the apartment. Campbell was strangled and the others had been suffocated, the coroner's office said. Police said the defendants were found disoriented inside the apartment. Authorities said they later gave conflicting stories of what had occurred, but everyone in the unit wanted to die, is what they said. Mm -hmm. Deputy District Attorney Christopher Rees said Monday that the killings took place over the course of three days. Court-appointed psychologists and and psychiatrists uh, concluded that the both defendants had severe mental illness, including uh, personality disorder, major depression disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder. 
Most Southerton area high schools, uh, I'm sorry, most Southerton area school district schools will resume their full-time schedules today for students who selected the in-person learning option. The district began the year on a hybrid schedule. An exception was the West Broad Elementary School, which moved to all virtual for a two-week period ending on Thursday in response to at least three documented positive COVID-19 cases. A number of safety protocols are in place throughout the district. Students and staff must wear face coverings and frequent hand washing and sanitizing are encouraged. Families are expected to monitor children for symptoms. The superintendent, Frank Gallagher, wrote a letter. Uh, I have implored members of our community to protect themselves and others by continuing to practice social distancing and good hygiene in an effort to keep community spread low so that our schools can remain open. There is still an all virtual option for some families. The district says that they will continue to work with the Montgomery County Office of Public Health. In sports this morning. The Tampa Bay Lightning are the Stanley Cup champs. Braden Point scored his playoff best 14th goal, and the Lightning beat the Dallas Stars 2-0 in Game 6 to finish off one of the most unusual NHL postseasons in history. After the clock hit zero with no fans in attendance, there was a loud celebration on the bench for a team that endured two months in isolation to hoist the cup. Defenseman Victor Hedman won the Conn Smythe Trophy as the MVP of the playoffs. The Flyers re-signed defenseman Robert Haig to a two-year contract extension with an average value of $1.6 million. The 25-year-old is coming off of his third full season with the Flyers and his sixth full season in North America. He scored three goals and 10 assists for 13 points in 49 games this season and added three assists in 12 Stanley Cup playoff games. In uh, 202 career games with the Flyers, Haig scored 11 goals and added 31 assists for 42 42 points and has a career plus-minus rating of plus 16. In Monday Night Football, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Baltimore Ravens. In Baltimore, the defending Super Bowl champion rolled past the Ravens 34-20 to as Patrick Mahomes threw for four touchdowns, and the Chiefs improved to 3-0. Mahomes went 31 for 42 for 385 yards and averaged 6.5 yards on his four rushing attempts. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. We are set for a big show today, a big, throbbing, veiny show. Oh, you love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Gorged, it's full, it's yeah. ready purple. for you. It's purple, it's everything you want in a show. No hair, though, Kathy. We shaved it to make sure <laughs> it's clean good. for you. <laughs> now, we do have a couple of guests on the program today. We are going to have actor Alan Ruck, who is on to talk about the third season of Succession on HBO, and also some smart home things that he's really into. Yeah. There. Did he invent or is he Apparently, just... Apparently, he's a tinkerer. Yeah, but LiftMaster is a... Well, he didn't... I'm sorry. He didn't invent them, but like he perfects them and has them in, okay. his, in his home. All right. yeah. okay. We'll get the whole story. And you, one of his most well-known uh, characters is Cameron from yes. uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Uh, so he, I'm sure we'll talk about his acting as well. On top of his LiftMaster first ever smart garage door opener. It gives you a camera, too. So yeah. I got to find out about that. You know, I'm into all that stuff. So we're going to talk to Alan later on this morning. Uh, we're also going to have to, we're, we're going to speak to legendary guitarist Steve Hackett, uh, who was one of the original members of Genesis. Not yeah. the original, original, but no. uh, he was from the 
pretty close to the very beginning. Well, those early seminal Genesis albums, he plays on those. Yeah. And they're just amazing stuff. And he's got an autobiography out about his time in Genesis. So we are going to talk to him later on this morning. It should be very cool to spend some time chatting with him. On top of that, it's a Tattoos Day. So we have a chance for you to win a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. They are located at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. Text word tattoo to 39333 and you might win. Did you hear the story about our Tattoos Day winner last week? No. Okay. So uh, long story short, she um, was for for like a, a Christmas or a birthday present. Just asked people, you know, give me money for a tattoo. All right. So she gets all this money for a tattoo. She ends up going shopping and she finds these dolls. And I don't know. Th- I. I've never heard of these dolls, but apparently uh, the proceeds go to uh, kid uh, pediatric cancer patients. All right. okay. Well, she, her life has been touched by pediatric cancer, so she ends up buying this one doll. And she's driving home. She goes, it didn't sit right with her that she only bought one doll. So she went back to the store, used all of her birthday tattoo money to buy all these dolls so that she could give back to, you know, for pediatric cancer. That's awesome. So she didn't have any money for her tattoo and then she won Tattoos Day. How there we that? go. Oh, See? Her act of kindness uh-huh. was rewarded. Karma. And she's getting a tattoo. That's pretty cool. So maybe you have an mm. awesome story like that or not, <laughs> and you just want to get some ink. Either way, yes. either way, you are in the running as long as you text the word tattoo to 39333. So get on it. Uh, and is today National Coffee Day? No you bet you. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. No, yeah. it's not. It's National Dunkin' Day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, so at some point this morning, we'll have a chance to win a $50 Dunkin' gift card. So if you're good, maybe you'll win that too. And also, I want to mention we have a new Daily Rush video out. I I watched a little bit of it yesterday. I got to watch the rest <laughs> of it. It's it's about, um, well, it's Casey's nun story. And the, the description says, Dear Club Foot Freak Forum. <laughs> I never thought it would happen to me. And so oh you can watch God. this now. And the the screenshot alone or the, the thumbnail for the video is worth taking a look at. You can see the press. com is sponsored by Punchline Philly Fish Towns, first comedy club restaurant and bar. And I also watched yesterday the Beakless Rooster. Now, what I didn't know is that Murph had created... An animated beakless rooster in the oh, video. Oh, is that the one that you see in the picture yes. for the video? But it moves. That's hilarious. In the Daily Rush <laughs> oh, video. Great. It's great. So if you have not seen the Daily Rush videos, make sure you check them out. PrestonandSteve.com. <laughs> and hopefully you shall enjoy. All right, so these things and more are taking place. We're going to break. Come back in a second. Stupid question and entertainment stories. Steve, I have more baby news. It just oh, keeps awesome. happening. The baby giver. So I'm the doula, yeah, I guess, the or doula. whatever you want to call it. We'll be back in a moment. Stay there. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. It's always been Acme's goal to make sure that football fans have everything they need to cheer on the Eagles. And today, that goal is no different. No matter what game days look like this year, they'll be there to help you kick off, cheer from your favorite seat, and host like a pro with all the snacks, party trays, and game day foods you know and love. Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So to give away for the stupid question this morning, we have a $50 dining credit and an overnight stay at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino 
<laughs> in Atlanta, it was a say. hard landing. It was. I thought <laughs> ah, you were... Sorry. It's okay. Casey's chair has got some issues with it. All right, so oh, yeah. uh, question and a half for you this morning. What kind of animal is a sea monkey? Sea monkey. 215-263-WMMR. Yeah, those things that used to be in the back of comic books that you would order. What kind of animal are they? 215-263-WMMR. Call I always them. wanted the one that would wear a crown. Yeah, that had little, they, they put on plays and everything. They were smiling. They had human faces. Yeah. They weren't that when you got them. No, we actually, we used to have some back yes. in the studios at Y100. I remember, in yes. In the early days, yeah. we had our own sea monkeys. We tried to get them to put on Death of a Salesman, and they Let, wouldn't. Let's see if you know the answer. All mm. right, uh, I have a bunch of birthdays All today. Right. It is Thursday, September 29th, and we will begin with a bass player and singer extraordinary. His name is Les Claypool of the band Primus. Amazing. Casey also, uh, and Casey and I also like his work in a group called Oysterhead, which in, is uh, Les and Trey Anastasio and uh, also Stuart Copeland. And it's quirky, weird, yeah, interesting music. Yeah, and, uh, but it's it's cool if you give it some time. It's got to be your thing. But uh, you you saw them at the TLA, I remember. Kate. No, it was actually um, it was the BB and T, but they, oh. they closed the because um, it was like in the winter or whatever. Right. So they closed, boarded everything up, <laughs> boarded everything yeah. up. So, so I- the lawn wasn't open. But regardless, it was it was. Um, uh, great! It was awesome, and I actually just listened to that album, I, dude. They were supposed to come back this year, of yeah. course. Yeah. Of course, uh, everyone they... was supposed to come back. It was going to be a banner concert year. Yeah. Well, maybe next year. Oh, I follow no. Stuart Copeland on social media. He was getting all fired up for it. But anyhow, Les Claypool is fifty-seven today. Ian McShane, the actor, great Deadwood. He's yes. Swearingen on Deadwood and uh, John Wick. Those movies. He's uh, you know runs the hotel. I and... love the other Continental. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome, and uh, he's been a lot of stuff over the years. Seventy-eight years old. He's got such a great delivery. Erica Alaniak, who was on Baywatch. Uh, she was also in the Beverly Hillbillies, which is a lame movie, but she's gorgeous. She looks hot in it, and she's uh, super hot and uh, actually very good in Under Siege. Yeah, correct. The uh, Steven Seagal movie. She is 51 today. She was a Playboy Playmate in 1989. Always, She's an E.T. too, right? Isn't she the little her. girl that stands up that Elliot kisses? Or am I completely... You might be right. Yeah, no, I'm right. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. When he when the, he's having the dream and he's connected to E.T. Yeah. back at the house and uh, Elliot E.T. was up. drinking beer. Yeah. Yeah. She's the little girl that uh, Elliot kisses. Oh, nice. She's 51 today. It's Andrew Dice Clay's birthday today. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay is 63. You know what he's great in? A Star is Born. He's excellent. He's the father. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, w- he was in the studio and I was kind of reeling off some dramatic acting things that he had done. Uh, he was in a show that I love called Crime Story. So besides, of course, the legendary comedy stuff that he'd done... When he does act, and yeah. especially in that role, he's a really lovable, good dad. Yeah. 63 today. Bryant Gumbel, uh, the sportscaster and uh, host of uh, Real Sports, known to be a uh, like a, a 10-bell douchebag. He's, uh, he's silky, smooth, and professional on air. There are very few who can do what he does at that level, but you're right. The word is he's in a, he's in a hole. I, I think it's uh, it's ego is, yeah, is what yeah, drives yeah. him. But I got it. Listen, I am not a sports guy, but it, real sports is great journalism. It is such yeah. a well put together news program that I'll watch it anytime, right, no matter right, right. what sport they're talking about. He really doesn't even have to be a part of that show because he barely does the interviews. It's, it's <laughs> like the one, center. Yeah. The ones that he does yeah. do, he's yeah. still doing brilliant. He's asking great questions, you know. So yeah, you gotta. He, he's talented. What do you like to eat in that regard? So what do you eat? <laughs> he's seventy two today. Jill Whelan, who played Vicky Stubing, uh, I on know her well. The Love Boat. 
she turns 54 years old today. Now, do you remember when she came on the love boat, she thought that she was Captain Steubing's niece. No. She's his daughter. daughter. Yeah, that's oh. right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a bombshell. She's 54 today. Uh, Zachary Levi. God, I love that guy. Yeah. He's excellent. Shazam is such a great movie. They did it right. <laughs> and they took f- the right tone to make it different from the other superhero movies. They did. And mm-hmm. uh, it kind of was a nice uh, jolt forward for DC. Uh, they're, they're either completed or close to completing the second one, Nick. I'm not sure where that stands. Uh, just announced at this point, Steve. So that I guess they're going to head back into production. Maybe they started and then had to stop. Yeah, for COVID. Yeah. yeah. Is he part of the, I mean, not in the movie version, but in the comic book and, and cartoon version. Is he? part of the justice league i I you know know. i don't know at some point i think he must have at at some point okay because he's way up there he is i love the scene in the movie where he's on the art museum steps and this is playing in the background (laughs) and he's he's got a crowd around him and he's just going hands lighting from my hand yeah uh and casey's greatest flynn rider entangled yeah i think um so maximus is greater than sven and Flynn Rider is greater than Kristoff. And that's why you love Tangled uh, is superior to, to Frozen, Frozen okay. in every facet. Okay. It's been it, a lifelong mission for yeah. you. It continues. <laughs> he will uh, not relinquish the fight. By the way, it's uh, 40 today for uh, Zachary Levi. Uh, uh, one of the all-time greats in the world of rock and roll, the killer Jerry Lee Lewis turns wow. 85 years old today. And uh, I was thinking about that. How about having a nickname like that, the killer? Yeah. And the cool part is that he got to go to an elementary school to propose to his oh wife. Stop it. God, right? Yeah, she was 13. But, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, he, was, uh, he, he faced a lot of criticism for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. A ton, ton of demons, but he is a legend. And his brother's Jimmy Swagger. You can't deny his uh, musical talent. So uh, he is 85 today. Uh, two other birthdays. Cindy Morgan, the actress, she played Lacey Underall in Caddyshack. Yeah. And she was also the female lead in Tron. Thank you very much. Uh, but I always dug her. She's 66 today. And the last birthday, Steve, you'll love this. Musician Mike Post ah. celebrates his birthday today. He has written everything. Everything for TV. Yeah, all the 70s, great 80s, yeah. TV uh, theme songs. So he did this, which is Hill Street Blues, but also Rockford Files. News Radio, The A-Team, Magnum P.I., Chips, Doogie Howser, yep. NYPD what? Blue, and Law and & Order. So when I got my Dodge Dart, oh. my used Dodge Dart years ago, Preston, with the Slant 6, I had my cassette player ready to go, and I would drive around with the collection of Tom Post theme songs. Mike Post. And, uh, Mike Post, yep. I mean, and, and so the... Uh, um, uh, the Magnum P.I. theme is, is a great driving That's a great theme. driving song. Now, yeah, I wasn't driving a Lamborghini or whatever. Didn't need to be. It felt like you were, though, right? I, I might as well have been. Yeah. Uh, Mike Post, by the way, is 76 years old today, so happy birthday to you, sir. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question this morning. What kind of animal is a sea monkey? 215-263-WMMR. That is the question, and we are going to go to Kyle. Hey, Kyle, good morning. Or is it Kylie? No, it's Kyle. Hey, Kyle, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. What kind of animal is a sea monkey? I believe it's a shrimp. Yeah, it's a brine yes. shrimp. Yep. Well, that's just like a monkey. Hang on, Kyle. We're going to set you up with a $50 dining credit and an overnight stay at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. Winner 17 
Best Gaming Awards and Casino Player Magazine, including Best Suites, Best Spa, and Favorite Casino Resort. Indoor and outdoor dining is now available. You can get fall escape rates at the hotel starting just $79 Sunday through Thursday. Visit Hard Rock Hotel, Atlantic City. Dot com or Hard Rock Hotel at Atla- yeah AtlanticCity.com. All right, I have a lot of stories to All get right, to. We're going to give go. this. Chrissy Teigen has been hospitalized in L.A. after suffering heavy bleeding f- during her pregnancy. She and her husband John Legend are expecting their third child together. Uh, she has been keeping her fans up to date on her pregnancy, which was unexpected, as they had previously used fertility treatments to get pregnant. And a few weeks ago, she shared that she had been put on bed rest due to complications. And put all film and project and book projects on hold. On Sunday, she was taken to Cedar Sinai Medical Center from a hospital bed. She told fans, uh, "We all know that I've been in bed re- on bed rest for a few weeks, and that's like super serious bed rest. I get up to quickly pee, and that is it. I would take baths twice a week, no showering, just as little as possible." She said, "But I always, always was bleeding, and I'm about ha- halfway through the pregnancy." And the blood has been going on for a month or so, maybe a little less uh, than a month, maybe a bit, bit less than a month, she said. <clears throat> We're talking about more than your period, girls. It's definitely not spotting. A lot of people spot, and it's usually fine. Mine was a lot. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this has to do with the formation of the placenta? Don't know. Yeah, I think that's the issue. That they, The prognosis is, is good. But there was a sort of a misformation uh, of the placenta that's causing the bleeding. Uh, she told the fans, uh, I accidentally posted the phone number to my hospital room on Instagram, so I have to move. I appreciate the phone calls, though, <laughs> you little sweetie pies. Yeah. Uh, she shared a picture of uh, John Legend preparing lunch for her, by the way. Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have reportedly uh, agreed to film a reality show for Netflix that would involve... Uh, keeping up with the Kardashian-style documentation of their everyday lives, but they're denying the reports. Would you answer the goddamn phone? A source told The Sun that uh, Megan wants the world to see the real her and yes. will allow cameras to follow them for three months in a tasteful docuseries. But no. the Sussexes say that the rumors are untrue. Through a rep, they told E, the Duke and Duchess are not taking part in any reality shows. Would you love to see the reality, like uh, a reality version of the uh, the royal family? Oh yeah, real world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the streamers' response was less definitive, though. They said the couple already have several projects in development, including an innovative nature docu series and an animated series that, cele- uh, that uh, celebrates inspiring women. Uh, but we are not disclosing any of the programming slate at this time. I want to see them like in the pool with the red cups and you know having the you know body shots and all that stuff, mm-hmm. just like the show. Well, the best is, uh, like, when the Osbournes yeah. came out, when we saw Ozzy changing the trash bag liner, or the trash can liner, <laughs> right, and, right, right, and all right. that stuff, right. those day-to-day things that, you know, these people probably do some of that stuff as well, so it would be kind of fun. Or at least they've read about it. Carol Baskin was eliminated from season 29 of Dancing with the Stars last night. <gasps> Devastating. Yes. Who could see it coming? She had teamed up with professional dancer Pasha Pashkov for the competition. We have a clip. Pasha Pashkov. Yeah, I think it's... Her talking about the uphill battle of learning to dance and why it was difficult for her. She was terrible, by the way. Yeah, all right, here we go. I was taught that it was a sin, so it was something where I tried to resist it in every way, and I think it shows today. (laughs) I really have a hard time embracing it. She was taught that it was a sin? A sin to dance, Mm -hmm. uh, and she she certainly made it sinful to watch. Wow. Wasn't uh, Wasn't the word that the road she was walking out on when she was picked up by her then millionaire husband, it was a place that was frequented by prostitutes? Yes. And that it was known as the drag where you could go and pick up prostitutes. Right. Yeah. So and people she, assume that maybe she was a prostitute. It's but quite she didn't possible. Dance. 
Because that was sinful. You know, she, she Frankenstein had better moves. <laughs> I mean, she just was a horrible. One of the worst dancers, and I haven't watched the show for a long time, but I've seen footage of bad dancers. Kathy, she was horrible. Yeah, she she was she just wasn't. Yeah, she just didn't have it. I mean, she tried though. She yep. knew the steps and the routine. Yep. Somebody's got to be the worst. Yeah, and it was her. <laughs> Uh, Dax Shepard shocked his fan base uh, when he revealed that he had relapsed after 16 years of sobriety. We talked about this yesterday. Now he's thanking them for the support and empathy that they have shown. He had said on uh, the follow-up of the podcast, uh, just quickly, I want to say thanks to all the people who have been so unbelievably lovely to us in response to Day 7. Day 7 was the name of the uh, podcast that it, uh, uh, where he revealed his uh, lapse. His co-host, Monica Padman, said she hoped Shepard felt loved and supported after sharing the news and that, that uh, his fears were abated. He said, my fears were the opposite of what the result was. Yeah, he said, but, uh, yeah, struggling with some fraudulent feelings of receiving love based on an F-up. Uh, but at any rate, I am really, really grateful, and there's so many nice, beautiful people. That's what happens, and it's part of everything. It's a natural process that we do. We tell ourselves stories. This is how it's going to play out, and you work yourself up into this fervor, and a lot of times, it's not that way. Uh, he also cleared up misconceptions about why he shaved his head. Hmm. He said, a lot of people said, uh, I could see that you were high as a kite. Uh, actually, I was not. I was having a metamorphosis, transitional. I wanted to make a physical statement that I was shedding something. So it, it's helping in his um, right. renewth, his, his rebirth, if you will. Well, so it looks good. He went ahead and, uh, and went for it and did it that way. All right. Well, Chris Jenner officially said she will not be joining Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, her ex- may take the space vacated by Denise Richards. Oh. Damn skippy. Uh, page Six reports that Sophia Hutchins, the founder of Lamisol FSPF and Caitlyn Jenner's manager and roommate, is in talks to join uh, Kyle Richards, Dorit Kemsley, Lisa Rinna, Erica Girardi, and Garcelle Beavis, or whatever it is. And Bothead. As a housewife, <laughs> along with Jenner. So we're we're perfect for the show. We're not housewives, and we don't live in Beverly Hills. Uh, Jenner, who is 70, and Hutchins, who is 24, decided to go for it together. If Hutchins gets the green light, uh, she'd be the youngest housewife and the first transgender cast member. Uh, she's already reportedly tight with Rinna and Richards. Huh. So You know what? I might watch if Caitlyn Jenner was on. So wait a minute. So Caitlyn and this and this gal Hutchins are a couple. They're 70 and 24? Yes. Wow. Hmm. I'm a I'm a cradle robber. Wow, no kidding. Yeah. I'm just crazy. I guess so. so um, yeah, you know what, Steve? I'd give in. Absolutely. I'd have to watch that. You have to watch Sophia take an Adam's apple ride on me. <laughs> oh it's amazing. <laughs> I yodel. <laughs> The um, all right, so Caitlyn, Gen- so uh, Burt Kreischer has a new Netflix kind of a reality show. I saw the out. the ad for this. Yeah, it's coming out in about two weeks, and so we'll have him on. But uh, he, it's it's him and a bunch of celebrities, uh, not all at once, but uh, but they go up to some cabin in the woods, yeah, and they do like woodsy cabiny stuff, and and um. Caitlin is going to be one of his guests up there. You know what? Honestly, everyone who we know who knows Caitlin says uh, she's. Like pretty awesome, awesome yeah, you yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Craig Shoemaker, right? He's yeah, with yeah. Us. really good friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. like cool to hang out with, and uh, and gets it, and has fun uh, herself. I just wonder why he didn't invite you guys up there for a weekend, Kreischer. Yeah, 
Probably should have done that. Mm. I'm going to guilt him that when we have him. All right, on. why don't you do I'll that? do it on, on with your Caitlin. behalf. Yeah. Preston, rub my back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Your hands are so strong. Uh, the 46th season of Saturday Night Live is set to bow this week with Chris Rock hosting the premiere and musical guest Megan The Stallion. Jim Carrey has been recruited to play Joe Biden. But according to The Hollywood Reporter, tickets to the show's dress rehearsal and live show come with a long list of health rules. <clears throat> the biggest caveat... All ticketed guests will take a mandatory COVID test upon arrival. It is a self-administered lower nasal antigen test with results yielded before the show starts. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, mean, I would certainly do that. Yeah, there will also be temperature checks and masks are required. Uh, audience members will be asked several questions, including, are you exhibiting any symptoms related to COVID-19? Have you exhibited any symptoms to COVID-19 in the last 14 days? And have you been in close contact with anyone with COVID-19 symptoms or anyone who has tested positive for COVID-19 within the past 14 days? Years ago, I took a colonoscopy to see Regis and Kathy Lee. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had my, uh... Did Regis do that colonoscopy <laughs> for you? It was wonderful. Wow. Uh, Bend the... over. Uh, All right. I'm just, you're going to feel a little chill, as if your butt is drinking a beer. <laughs> <laughs> the only tickets left. What music do you like? Uh, are uh, set aside for health care workers. By He'll put on music for Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Like, oh, you like Ventura Highway? That's a good song. Oh, so tender. Good it's, song. It's, in fact, it's my song of preference when I'm reaming a dude out. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's so, well, I guess it's kind of comforting. Ventura Highway yeah. in the sunshine. Uh, it's great. It's a lovely stretch of road, too. Uh, it is gorgeous. You know, it's Preston. It's all about infrastructure. Yeah, Really? Gotta keep that up to snuff. I guess so. It's what keeps the nation going. Uh, Here we go. Bend over. (laughs) Wow. All right. You're going to feel that cold rush I was telling you about before. (laughs) It's like your butt's drinking a bit. Chew another piece of grass. Looking for some polyps. Wow. (laughs) Chewing on a piece of grass. Walking down the road. Yet another song that I will hear differently from now on. Very, very strange. I had my my fourth... uh, COVID test last week. I had to have one before the the um, vasectomy, and it was the quickest turnaround on a COVID test I've ever had before. I got it at like six thirty on Wednesday night, and by uh, within twelve hours the next morning, I had it. So oh, the, wow. the the ability to turn the tests around and get the results quickly is is vastly improved. Well, clearly cool. in this case, they're gonna they're gonna administer them, and they're gonna have them within what like an hour, two yeah. hours. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. So they have fifteen minute tests. I do they? Okay. they do. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I have baby stories. Oh, and I'm ready. And I have more than one. So when there's more than one, I oh. guess I'm the I'm the baby bringer. I'm the, the, the doula or the whatever, doula, whatever you want to call it. So I'm waiting for my. Ah, I wonder what that's labeled under. Probably under Star Wars. I already checked there. But, okay, uh, let me go back there. We doula. just played it the other day. All no. right. Anyway, Ooh-bah. yeah, that's what I was going to have him play. So, The View co-host Megan McCain gave birth to her first Whoa, child yesterday. I didn't know she was pregnant. I did not know that either. A daughter with husband De- uh, Ben uh, Domench. Uh, named Liberty Sage McCain uh, Domench. Goldblum. Uh, both the 35-year-old McCain and the daughter of late Senator John McCain, of course, and baby Liberty are healthy and they are doing well. <laughs> I always like the name Sage. Sage is a great nice. name. It means uh, wise, wisdom, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. It's also a wonderful herb. Mm. Herb. Herb. Uh, now, the other one is uh, Amanda. Yes, Amanda Seyfried. She had a baby? 
and her husband, Thomas uh, Sadowski. Look at this. A couple of months in quarantine, and you find out who's, all these people were pregnant. Have welcomed a baby boy. In a statement they shared, uh, they said, since the birth of our daughter. <laughs> Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Play yours, Case, with the oh, yeah. Look. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's kind of creep that hangs around a maternity ward. Since the birth of our daughter three years ago, our commitment to the innocent children that are so brutally affected by conflict and war has been a driving force in our lives. And with the birth of our son, the work of INARA and War Child has become our North Star. That's her first statement after having a baby? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, this guy way, is very good. This the, the guy that she's married to, he was on a show that I thought was hilarious Called Life in Pieces with Colin Hanks. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's also in the newsroom. Yeah, he's also Aaron Sorkin show. Yeah, he's also in the John Wick movies. He's the cop that shows up at the house. That's right. What's going on, John? (laughs) I think he grew up in our area too, and she did too. She grew up in Reading, perhaps, or she grew up somewhere near Philly. Then they both must listen to the show. Probably with Gigi Hadid. They all hang out. Yeah. That, yeah, they met each other in a chat room based on our show. It must be. That's crazy. I have another baby story. There's a third, Whoa. believe it or not. And Oh my God. Hapthor Julius Bjornson. Oh my God. From Game of Thrones, his father of two. Uh the thirty one year old uh star welcomed a baby boy with his wife Kelsey Henson over the weekend. They had a video of the point of conception. She was riding that sperm like a Sibian. Uh he said our beautiful baby boy made his grand entrance to the world at eleven nineteen AM on September twenty sixth, twenty twenty, after a short and intense six hours. Wow. Uh, Six she, feet, 200 pounds, right? She wrote uh, 35, 30 grams and 52 centimeters. All right, come on. So What's you that do the math. American stuff. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in American stuff. <laughs> the birth was the most powerful, life-changing, empowering thing I've ever done in my entire life, she said. We're all doing well and settling in at home as three. Honestly, so. honestly. And I, I mean, it. your mind does race with this union. I think they're both lovely people. They appear to be very lovely people. He's been in the studio. Could not have been nicer. She's got to be on top, right? She would have to be. Right? He would smother her. I mean, it would be it would be life-threatening otherwise. Uh, Steve, I set this one aside specifically for you. Hmm. Based on how the cast is coming together, Barry Allen might be the least important part of his own solo movie, unless the script for The Flash is up to scratch. The internet has been sent into raptures twice by the news that both Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck will be suiting up as Batman. Yes. Each of them are said to have substantial supporting roles. And we had previously heard that Christian Bale was a backup option for Warner Brothers if Keaton opted against returning. But now, sources say, and these are the same ones that apparently said that Affleck would be reprising his role a month before it was confirmed, that the Star of the Dark Knight trilogy could still be involved in the film and isn't entirely against the idea of making a cameo appearance. Could you imagine? So mm. it's the multiverse. Yeah. Yes. So there's, and that's how they're going to do it. And uh, could you imagine having Keaton, Affleck, and Bale in right. one movie as Batman. He apparently will only do it on one condition, according to the intel. Bale will show up if the Flash uh, for the Flash if he gets a seal of approval 
from Christopher Nolan, which is a huge showing of mutual respect between the former collaborators. Yeah. Uh, the 46-year-old doesn't want to have a negative impact on his own stint as a Cape Crusader, but if Nolan gives his blessing, uh, then talks could realistically move to an advanced stage in the near future, meaning that we may indeed get to see the actor suit up once more. Could you imagine Christopher Nolan saying, no, nah, I don't think so. Not I really. Don't know. I, I don't know. He, him, he loves like... he loves movies. Yeah, he does love film. He loves. He's not opposed to pop culture, popcorn kind of stuff, right? Which is what this is gearing up to be. Oh, he's not a snob like when it comes to this. He type of doesn't stuff? appear to be. Right. He's a snob about his own movies, about about making them the way. Yeah, he's, he's very precise. Probably a perfectionist, yeah. right? But he seems to be a real fan of movies. I'm not a flippant boycotter, but if uh, Christopher Nolan says no. I will never watch another one of his movies again. Uh, all right. Here, or at least I won't tell him. I don't know. Like, I can't. Yeah, I can't make that jump. All right. Uh, Rocky and Legally Blind. Yo. <laughs> we'll, we'll get the films in concert treatment uh, from, from MGM Sorry. and uh, TCG Entertainment. That's what it sticks. Yeah. So uh, the tour... Series is set to bow July 20, uh, 2021. Audiences can look forward to performances by a full symphony orchestra. Nice. Playing in sync to the films. Will Stallone conduct? Uh, I tried that. Ladies I don't know. Gentlemen, yeah. I'm ready to conduct the orchestra. I got my super skinny music stick. It's a baton. What? It's a baton. What? It's called a baton. Oh, all right. Yes. Uh, Robert Merrick, MGM's Executive Vice President, Global Consumer. All right, tubas, you play now. Uh, consumer. Trumpets go blah, blah, blah. Just use the stick. <laughs> uh, Executive Vice President, Global Consumer Products and Exper- Experiences says MGM is looking to create additional ways that fans can interact with and enjoy their favorite stories and characters well beyond the end credits of the film. Uh, the concert events for both Rocky and Legally Blonde are part of our strategy of developing meaningful experiences that fans will love. I uh, the, the story goes that uh, they had Bill Conti, who had done some sort of uh, some you know work, uh, and they d- at least Stallone didn't think he'd be right for scoring Rocky, and uh, he played the music for them. They were sitting in an office, and he's like, "Oh my God, this is it. This is the this is the deal." They had a complete one eighty. That's right, it stinks! <laughs> I thought it would stink, uh, but it doesn't stink! So, apparently, they, uh, the TCG are true experts in the space, he says, and we couldn't have asked for better partners as we kick off this brand new initiative. Yeah, the best partners ever. By the way, is that a new uh, It Stinks clip? Did somebody refresh that? That's right, it stinks! Yeah, it sounds better. It's been lengthened. And in Did fact, you yeah. That, Marcia? Somebody added, that's right, because it just used to be It Stinks. Uh, right. And we uh, both, don't we? and the quality sounds better too. Yeah, and also like uh, it, what? it used to just it's say that. Even the way it's labeled, it's uh, it's that's weird. Is somebody brushing up our sounds to our benefit? Yeah, somebody went in there and did wow. something. I'm gonna check this okay. out. Maybe oh. Stallone himself. <laughs> he snuck into the studio. Yeah, uh-huh. I wanted you guys to know I wasn't happy with the sound quality. Hmm. That's weird. He's like the little gnomes that come in and fix the shoes at night. And you know? <laughs> little cobblers. Yeah. This is a different stinks. What is this one? Oh, the bag stinks. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That's, That's you, me. Preston. Oh, the bag stinks. What the hell? That is almost that doesn't even sound it? like you. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, how? I don't know. It stinks. Don't know. 
All right, uh, I have a couple other things, and then we will uh, then we'll move along. James Cameron uh, told his Terminator star Arnold Schwarzenegger that the Avatar sequels are on their way. He spoke virtually from New Zealand during a chat for the 2020 Austrian World Summit. Uh, Cameron said, "We're 100 percent complete on Avatar 2." And sort of 95% complete on Avatar 3. That's amazing. So their whole facility was able to pretty much continue putting the movie together because it's all CGI and motion capture, you know? So they were able to have the actors do their stuff and continue shooting the films during quarantine. I hope that it's really great, and I'm sure that it will be because... I don't really have a yearning for another Avatar movie. No. And I would like for it to just pop up and go, this is great. You know what I mean? Oh, and if, all, all of a sudden just be awesome and go, wow, I didn't even know I needed that. You yeah, know? So and be I'm, blown I'm ho- away by it. I'm hoping that's the case. I agree. I, listen, when I show off the home 3D stuff, you know, uh, the the uh, the TV sets that I have that yeah. are 3D yeah. and why it's good to have it, uh, that's the movie. The, the 3D is, is just sensational in Avatar. Uh, so it is on the way said we are uh, we were able to operate we are able to shoot and have a more uh, or less normal life here we're very fortunate uh, so I don't see any roadblocks to us getting the picture finished getting both pictures finished he said. Mm-hmm. they have announced uh, two three four and five and Avatar number five if they stick to the schedule will be out in 2028 wow yeah okay and then one last thing NBC I don't understand this NBC Universal will shoot three TV productions. In Australia over the next 18 months. So here are the three that, they're, that they are shooting. In Australia, Irreverent, Young Rock, and Joe Exotic. Okay, so the so they're Joe probably, Exotic movie? Yeah, so they're probably shooting okay. it like in the Outback. Okay, I gotcha. I was like, wait a minute, that's, that's Oklahoma. So, all right, so they're... Well, Oklahoma, Australia. Yeah. Uh, the plan leverages resources from across the three NBC Universal Television Studios that are housed under the Universal Studio Group umbrella, including the production infrastructure which will be overseen by leading Australian production company Matchbox Pictures, the company said. I haven't heard any news lately, but I know that like New Zealand had like uh, like a really good um, situation with the with the COVID, and I don't know if Australia is the same. They had a flare up, okay. they, yeah, they, yeah okay. but I mean everything's they're, they're, they're managing it, it's right? All, yeah, they're moving along. It's good. Well, I just wasn't sure if maybe that's why they were going to Australia because it was like, all right, you know, it's just a bigger bubble, yes, so to speak. To, cool. to Quite possibly, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, we're ready for clips. All right, uh, we'll start with this. Emmy winner Jane Lynch hosts a revival of the classic game show, The Weakest Link. In this clip, Jane discusses how the game laid out. It's based on the BBC quiz show format, and it's uh, rapid-fire questions uh, with a reference level uh, that is a little humbling for those of us who aren't super geniuses. But what's great about it is as an audience member, you know a lot of the answers and you don't know a lot of the answers. So it's affirming of your education, and it's also educational. So you learn something every time. Yeah! Uh, the Week is Link airs tonight. That's at 8 o'clock on NBC. I remember the, the original host was sort of um, um, short-cropped hair. Actually looked a little bit like Jane Lynch. Oh, yeah. And her thing was you, you have the thing, and they'd have a little conversation, and then she would insult you yes. <laughs> if you got the, the question wrong. And her phrase was, you are the weakest Link. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, here's the next clip. A group of vigilantes trying to take down a group of supposed superheroes owned by an evil corporation in The Boys. 
In this clip, Anthony Starr, who we had on the show not long ago, discusses what he thinks the best element of the show is. One of the great things about this show is that we really dip deep into the characters' history and their upbringings and, you know, everything, there's formative moments all, all throughout everyone's lives. And we dip back through flashback and also as the show goes on, we develop our own history and, and use that to develop empathy for the people you, you should hate. Uh, season two, episode seven of the boys begins streaming on Amazon Prime this Friday. Did you see the most recent episode? And I'm gonna try to watch it today. Okay, I'm very excited. All right, because we have to talk about something. I love that show. We love that show. It is so good. It is, uh, I believe, the biggest hit Amazon Prime has had. No it's way. Awesome. Yeah. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the entertainment report. Listen, we got to take a break now before I remind you it is Tattoos Day. Don't forget, we have a chance for a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing Text Word Tattoo 39333. Uh, you can check out their work, by the way, at Floating World Tattoos on Instagram. Go take a look. We'll be back in just a moment. 93.3 WMMR presents Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month, Mo Lauda and the Humble. Celebrating our area's best talent. Bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Hear and see more at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Mo Lauda and the Humble. Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Coolest thing yesterday, unexpected, was the fact that... Kevin Bacon yes. has posted a video, and he put it on several social media platforms. It was on Facebook. It was on Instagram. I don't know if he put it on Twitter or not. But it was him uh, just playing some blues music that he appreciates. Right. It was, uh, like a, I don't know if this is a regular feature of his, but he's obviously a massive music fan. He and his brother Michael have been on our show many times throughout the years. Uh, of course, they come to town as the Bacon Brothers, and they play shows and so on. Big passion for him. In this video, he's wearing a classic WMMR t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Which, by the way, looks brand new. It does. And I'm wondering where he got this shirt. Yeah. And it is so... It, it's... It's a, it's a it's a white T-shirt with the classic WMMR, uh, you know, yellow logo, and I'm wondering where he got this shirt. And it's so prominent in this video; it's like in your face, uh, WMMR. And it was so cool to see that yesterday. It is cool. It's got to be deliberate, you know. Like he didn't just yeah. go into his T-shirt and uh, you know Jordan and pick this one out. He, I'm yeah. sure that he wore it on purpose. A lot of people commented on his Instagram post. He did not put anything on Twitter for some reason. I don't know why, but okay. Facebook and Instagram. Uh, but, yeah, Monday Blues is something that he's done for a while, and he just digs through his record collection and um, and picks some new music and puts it on. To the best of your knowledge, in any of the comments, did he respond to any of the comments about he did. the T-shirt? He and did, yeah. what did he say? Not to uh, – I commented, Preston commented. I think Kathy might have as yeah. well. Um, but uh, he didn't respond to us. Um uh, but he did comment, just, you know, thanks. You know, So he loves the up. station but hates us. Well, I, I think... <laughs> he's not into the okay. new show. Yeah, he's yeah. a little shy to reply to us directly because then we're going to ask him to come on the show. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm sure there were lots of responses. Were. It had over 50,000 views, and so I'm sure he got a lot of comments, so maybe he yeah. uh, didn't get a chance to see ours. Hey, yeah. guys, I want to be clear that I, I like the station, but I do not like the morning show. Uh, but he was <laughs> he was playing some uh, White Club Sean, and he was playing some Lenny Kravitz, and I think he was playing. Maybe it was um, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, and Fire, yeah. possibly. Where is he, so, by the way, I mean, his he, basement. Okay, because he's got like spray paint on the wall, and 
Yeah, he's got a little studio and a music love room down in his basement. Steve, you know whose fault it is, probably. Dr. Gary. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dr. Gary, stop bothering Kevin Bacon. I had to admonish Dr. Gary to stop bothering Kevin Bacon. He turned to me and he said, and I said, he's really, he's a really good guy. And he goes, maybe, but I'm never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> but he came back. He did. He came, he back. came back. He did Camp Out for Hunger. Several and, times. Yeah. I'll never forget we were at the the camp out for hunger, and uh, I t- <laughs> I told him uh, now we have a confetti cannon out there, <laughs> and when I introduce you guys, I'm going to fire it off, and it's really loud. He goes, I have been told by many people to be ready for the confetti cannon, <laughs> and sure enough, so we bring him out, we fire the confetti cannon, and one of the first things he goes, I was told by many people that to be ready for the confetti cannon. I was not ready for the confetti game. Because it makes a really yeah. loud pop. Yeah, it a does. really loud explosion. Yeah. If you're not ready for it, it scares the hell out of you. And it apparently got Kevin Bacon. So, uh, But that was really, that was a very cool nod to the city, to the radio station, to his love of music. And uh, it was very much appreciated for yeah. Kevin Bacon to do that. So thanks, Absolutely. Kevin. We appreciate that. That was awesome. Uh, I saw this article yesterday, and I found this quite interesting. It has to do with flirting. Yes. This is uh, an article that was from Dr. Elizabeth Yuko, a uh, bioethicist and adjunct professor of ethics at Fordham University. I thought so. And she is an author. She writes for the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Atlantic and Rolling Stone and blah, blah, blah. Has, I wonder the, the, the nature of flirting in a pandemic age, what... Uh, how has it been modified? Is it, but you know, how are people adapting? That's a good question. So this is this one is specifically about one thing, and it is yeah the facial expressions most commonly used when flirting. And while I was getting ready to read this, I thought there was going to be this long list of all these little flirting cues right, to look right. out for. No, it's three little bitty things, and they nailed it. I, from what I see, what turns they, you on, or what? what no, you, no, 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 just just a flirtatious look from someone, okay, I, boy or girl. Either. And it's, well, I think probably more so a girl, but I, I think they nailed it. So let me let me give you the setup to okay. this. So the study published in the Journal of Sex Research involved coding and analyzing a variety of facial expressions to determine which were most commonly perceived as flirting. Through the research's focus uh, was on, uh, though the research, I'm sorry, research, research's focus was on how men pick up on flirting for women. The findings could make sense in either context as well. So it was meant to find out what men find as flirtatious behavior right. from women. What facial But it goes either way. Cues. So, um, this is according to, uh, the lead professor, uh, professor of psychology at KU, uh, Omri Gillith, said for the first time, not only were we able to isolate and identify the expressions, that represent flirting, but we were also able to reveal their function to activate associations related with the relationships and sex. Huh. Uh, so there was like several um, uh, several people were involved in this study. So without further ado, here are the facial expressions. All right. There are three of them. Do you want me to see what you think it might be first before I do this? <laughs> I have this? no idea. No, okay. give it uh, um, I mean, for me, one that I think would always be would be a little bit of a raised eyebrow. Okay. Right. Anybody else? Uh, well, it's just a smile. Okay. Some Tong- sort of... Tongue between the index and middle finger? Yeah. I'm flirting. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is meant to simulate oral sex with a woman. God. We used to do that all the yeah. time. Yeah. And when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> what are the signs? Yeah. All right. Fist 
taste on the outside of your mouth with your tongue on the inside of your right, cheek. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All those Index I, finger through circular fingers yeah. on the other hand. Here it is. All right. A head turned slightly to one side and tilted down, lay down oh a little bit, Oh, my God. Am I flirting You're, with you right, right now? now. <laughs> Wait. He is so horny for pressing. A slight smile and eyes turned forward, turned to the implied target. So, Kathy, it's right, like this. <laughs> oh, my God. And I think that's it. So let's say let's say but that's it. Let's say you're talking yeah. to to a girl, guys, right. and all of a sudden at some point she goes like that. Yeah. Right. It's okay. like oh, it's that's a, a flirtation. It has look. to be with this sound. <laughs> all right. So let me say that again. Right. Head turned slightly to one side, tilted <laughs> down slightly, a slight little sly smile, and eyes turned toward the subject. Right. That's the that is the quintessential flirtatious look. I think that is okay. that is a cue that I would always read as um to me that would indicate things have shifted. If I was talking to a girl and, you know, in my dating days, mm-hmm. even with my wife, she'll do you know, she would playfully do that sort of look. Yes. I think back in my dating days, because I was so girl crazy, it was ridiculous, man, <laughs> that I would uh I, I would just my being enamored in that person would lead me to believe that they were flirting with me, if you know what I mean. Like, well, I was mm-hmm. probably picking up miscues. And that, Someone that's, was nice to you, and you were like, I think she wants to She likes me. me. Yeah. That's a problem. But that's flirting, a huge problem when, flirting, you, when you misread signs. Oh. Well, that's the thing. Flirting can be done by anybody at any time, even if they are not interested. Like, right. you know, people like to flirt. Playful. Yeah. Right. It can... <laughs> that was a terrible... I'm not good at it. That was a terrible attempt at that. No. That's really bad. Wait, oh, so I would smile. run. No. That, that, that look should come with a restraining order. And, and also, Casey, it's not a side eye like yeah. this. Oh, you son of a bitch. You need to, you need to turn towards not like me you're a little bit kill her. Yeah. You go like this. <laughs> Okay. I love that he's trying to teach you. <laughs> uh, looks wait, so is that it? it? It was all three in yes. one? Yes, okay. it's all three of those. One, it's not one of them. Two. It's the combination of that. Head, st- <laughs> head turned to one side. All right. Tilted. Is, is it like this? <laughs> Tilted down slightly. <laughs> got Nailed it. That's a really mad look. No, you got to smile. Oh, sorry. Yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Turn that frown upside down, sad clown. <laughs> yeah, the little bit of the um, head also, turned to one side, slightly tilted down, a slight smile, eyes turned forward to the uh, implied target. Fourth in that list, if I may, mm. would be playing with the hair, the the pubic hair. No, playing playing with the hair. <laughs> yeah, then there's some other a little things. Bit, yes. Yeah, these are just the facial expressions. So yes, playing with the hair. Or, or even you know the oral fixation, putting yeah, the hair yeah. in the mouth or something like that. Yeah, but sometimes, sorry, that sometimes that's not, that's just like um, like a nervous behavior. Okay, not flirting. And so like no, but sometimes maybe you guys would see that as them flirting with you. But she meanwhile, they're just, <laughs> but not necessarily. They're just nervous she to be in the conversation. Wants to lick my genitals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any touching, I would always interpret as flirting. If a, yeah. if a girl touched me, I would say, "Yep, I, yeah. I'm that's now one, have sex with her." That's one you have to get. I think, b- yeah, but get in the context because I, I will occasionally. I when I'm talking to people, I'll put my hand on a on a shoulder or, but I, I it's somebody that. Uh, um, a little bit, but you that's easy to misread those cues right. because they're people who are just tactile people. So I want to address the misconstruing because right. I'm guilty of, of it as well, Preston. I would interpret any flirting signs as a sign that that person liked me. Right. And looking back on it, I'm angry at those women because <laughs> I, I feel like they were false signs. that they, they, were, they were flirting with me, therefore they like me. And they weren't. 
They didn't. There's just but fun I, I didn't flirting. See I know. So I Kathy, know that now. I, Kathy, I was going to say, Nick, I was the toucher. Like, I'd always oh, yeah. you. <laughs> on, like, the shoulder or the arm or, Leg? like, walking down. No, Hand? probably no, I yeah. mean, but the like, inner thigh sometimes, yeah. yeah. The inner thigh, you, you gently cut the testicles. Right, yeah, just, and you go, know. Boom, 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 bottom boom, of the feet. And I don't know why you would think that would be flirting. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but I, I, let me ask you, is there, if you extract, I'm interested in a mate or a relationship, just the fun of flirting was something that you enjoyed, correct? I think so. I don't know. I was such a flirt. And yeah. I, I, uh. like I said before, I would, and I didn't go out saying, I'm going to flirt so I get free drinks. But right. like, I you would I would go out and not spend a dollar in right, college. Right. And mm-hmm. all I had to do is touch Nick's shoulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, buy your drinks all night. I would hear from people <laughs> who are, who are, who are so daily, this chick. <laughs> We're overly flirtatious, and, yeah. and they, they maybe they can't even help it. It's just your way. 215-263-WMMR. There was, a, there was a gal, and she wasn't floating. Oh, my God, she was a toucher. So damn uh, funny, uh, uh, Nadine. But she was, she was like um, uh, Elaine from Seinfeld. She would, like, hit you. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it used to crack me up. Yeah. There was <laughs> a friend of mine, Marlene, um, was always, and she was... She just had that way about her that guys always thought, oh, my God, she's into me. Yeah. She's into me. She was a pretty girl to begin with and, and had a great personality. But any she just was was flirty and, and, and just her natural way. And it ended up causing her lots of problems because guys were always like, yeah. you know, following around like a puppy dog. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess, Kathy, for me, it probably worked out in my favor that if, like, for people like you, I didn't have any self-esteem and self-confidence or money. So you're flirting. Uh, I was like, I was like kryptonite. You know? Oh, I'd like a beer. Yeah, I would like one too. You want to buy me one? Or? Yeah. You like penny drinks? Say, uh, why don't we take this back to my apartment and look at my pine cone collection? <laughs> I had moved on from pine cones at that point, Steve. Uh, I think Rochelle is very flirtatious. Yes, she is. She's she's, she's very playful. She has a southern sort of flirtatious way about her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking and and yeah. the, the southern <laughs> there's a southern way. Yeah. And it's it's a very enticing way. There was uh when we were flying to London uh for the Eagles uh broadcast, uh Preston and Rochelle were sitting behind me and Rochelle was like super nice. And yeah. She was like, "Oh." And she started giving me a head scratch. I was like, "This is great." Yeah. It felt <laughs> awesome. She's got long fingernails. Yeah. My hair was clean, so I didn't feel so con- <laughs> conscious. And at a certain point, President's like, all right, this is getting uncomfortable. <laughs> and that's when you went around and straddled her. <laughs> yeah. I don't like this anymore. Yeah. Case, I'm going to have to charge you. <laughs> you're, you're a head massage cuck. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the study author said, according across their six studies, we found most men were able to recognize a certain female facial expression as representing flirting. It has a unique morphology and is different from expressions that have similar features for example smiling but aren't identified by men as flirting expressions so you have to add those other things the head turned slightly the tilted down the smile and and the look yeah i don't know if i I think i've told you guys this before but like (laughs) the flirting became uh it got to a point where like it was almost like a little uh challenge for us my my friends and i and your, would, your, your squad would would well not so much sort so, of compete. So like I had one friend that was a bartender at the bar that we would all go to. Um, so like 
it became a challenge. Like I would go in and jokingly, I would go out with no money and see how far I could get throughout the night. So like, and she would, she would kind of help too, because she right. was the bartender. So like, if there was some flirting going on across the bar, she would say, why don't you buy her a drink? Why don't you buy her a drink? No kidding. Yeah. Okay. So we had like a little, <laughs> now, a little thing going. Did you, did you ever have to borrow money or was you, were you always good to go I, from friends? I mean, did you ever have to borrow money because you couldn't get a drink, or was it no problem? Uh, no, I mean, like, no, like I would have my own money, but there, oh, there okay. was, there were nights where it, like, it would be like a Wednesday night, and we'd be like, okay, we're gonna go to the Rat, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take a do- like one night I went out with a dollar, so I was gonna see where I could get with a dollar, and I went home with a dollar. Nice. It's wild because there was one time, and Nick Murphy remember this. We uh, Lauren Harris was doing a thing at the uh, Comic Con here in Philadelphia, and. Um, and so I gave her some lines to see how much free stuff she could get at a at a. Oh yeah, oh, right, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I was giving her stuff right <laughs> and left, and it's just you know there you go. It was like me going to the mall when I was a kid. My mom dropped me off. I wouldn't have any money. I'd go through all our arcade games looking for coin, yeah, <laughs> change things. You know, you know trying to scrounge, see where they had samples around the mall. You know, see if you could make it. You always got to look under. Under the games. Under the games. Okay. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me go to, I have Laura on the line. Laura, good morning. Hi. Hey, what's up, Laura? Uh, not much. Sorry to bother you at work. No, okay. you're all good. Okay. What'd you want to tell us? Uh, so my husband and I both have a very flirtatious personality, uh-huh. and it's so much so that uh, friends that we hang out with have thought in the past that we were swingers, and we're not, <laughs> uh-huh. just because we are both so flirtatious with the touching of the arm and all that fun stuff. Okay, so so with other people, and you guys will do it in front of each other? Yeah, it, we're not also not jealous people, so. Right, yeah, neither yeah. Rochelle. Rochelle and I aren't either that way, and, and she uh, she does her little flirty thing, and it's yeah, funny, and yeah. I, I get it. and, and uh, uh, so, But people pick up and think that maybe you guys are trying to proposition them into a, a, a night out. Yep. Have, okay. you, have you ever had an overt... Uh, response where where people thought, okay, we where this is the deal. Let's let's take this to the next level. No, it's usually you know one of those situations where we hear it through the grapevine that they're like, oh yeah, they said that you guys are swingers, and we're like, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> we are not. Okay, that's right. pretty wild. Yeah. All right, thank you, Laura. So, thank Kath, you. for you uh, as a, a flirter, um, it's you, you sort of have this issue then of uh, like the the boy who cried wolf, right? So, like, at what point, if you actually were interested, how, how do you show that to somebody? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's been a long time now, but yeah, right? yeah the the boy that um, cried wolf is that yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. You said um, yes, and I just became known as the flirter. Like, I in in the yearbook, I I don't think I won the actual award, but I was listed as one of the three as biggest flirt. Wow, Casey, when she's really interested, she'll come up and say, "I want you, boy." <laughs> <laughs> I want you so bad. Oh my god, I dropped my handkerchief. Would you pick it up, please? Uh, Don't look up on my skirt. I forgot to wear panties. Oh my god. Oh. No, like my friends from high school still make jokes about like about that that I would just flirt and you know no no one ever got anything. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, Denise has uh, the opposite issue. I'm going to go to Denise. Hi, you're on the air, Denise. Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What's up, Denise? Nothing. I. It's just funny. It happened to me a couple weeks ago. I try my hardest to flirt, and it's it's like completely overlooked from guys. 
point of view. So what, what what are your go-to moves when you're trying to indicate to a guy that you are Are you flirting? tilting your yeah, head? Are you, doing, <laughs> are you doing what Preston said? Are you sticking your chin into your shoulder and rifling your fingers in the air? No, that's not what I said. Oh, uh, <laughs> 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 um, no, Denise, what are what are some of the, the signals you're, you're sending? Like the, the touching of the arm and, and the laughing and like trying to have like side conversations if you're in a group and it's just like oh okay and they move on to like usually my friends that are with me or what have you and i'm like do i have a deformity that i can't see i'm I'm not exactly sure hmm now listen i'm saying i'm asking this delicately are you attractive or do you have some features that you feel aren't flattering or you know I look past the hump I have on my back. Oh, stop it! Yeah, I <laughs> nice, knew it. Denise. I like your, I like your spunk. I like your attitude. That should be, that should yeah. be enticing. I, you, maybe it's just, a, just an issue of, of confidence. Do, I, I don't know. Do you think I that mean, might be it? You know, I have no clue. Or All guys right. can be dumb too. It's mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you yeah. know, a movie actually is a good instructional. Is he's just not that into you? Mm-hmm. It was on the other day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Denise, uh, try the try the slightly looking down, head head turned slightly, uh, looking at the recipient and smiling and going hee hee hee. And you know what? Before you go out for the night, put some lipstick on your hump. <laughs> I usually have it cut out of my. I usually have it cut out of my shirt. There you go. So you, you're, you're expo- that's that's what I used to do. I, I used to I used to accentuate my shrekiness. <laughs> hey Denise, um, yeah. let me ask you a, a question. Has it been immensely more difficult over the last six months, or you know, is it, are the times contributing to the difficulty when it comes to flirting? Uh, I I mean I. Flirting over over a dating app probably is like one of the hardest things to do. I would imagine. Because I'm a very sarcastic person, so I guess sarcasm doesn't come over in a text. Not always. No, you're right. No. And sarcasm is kind of tough in flirting too. Yeah. And sarcasm is tough with with masks on. There are there are gentle facial cues, mm-hmm. like a slightly you know a, a slight smile. And, and people, there are people who love that playful sarcasm. You're, you, you know what? It's just a way of of um, sort of pre-checking with people. There, someone's going to appreciate that about you, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't put too much pressure on you. That those perfect people. Don't worry. You, you, your your personality is great. You, I, I bet you you're, you're awesome. And the just but listen, like I, I say, my wife and I were we weren't each other's types at the beginning. You know when we first started. You chatting, and then there's like, oh my god, this woman's perfect for me, and uh, you know that's that's how it happens. So uh, these hard and fast rules are never so are never so <laughs> hard and fast. So. Yeah. And Denise, talk, yeah. If, you, if if you have any male friends, talk to them, ask them. Uh, yes. For for some honest advice. That's a great idea. Because I kind of come off as like I'm not a needy person, and and the confidence thing is a real kind of deterrent, I guess you can say for guys. For for for, can for guys who don't appreciate it, but guys who do appreciate it, it'll be a turn on. Well, I mean, I guess I haven't found those guys. Yet. Right, yes, right. but they're out there. For right. what it's worth, you're getting some positive responses on the text board, Denise. People are uh, are liking your attitude just over the phone. There's yeah. a lot of people that love humps that are yes. yeah. texting in. My right lady way. humps. Isn't that yeah. a song? Yeah. Yeah. My lovely lady lumps. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Denise. Good luck. Thanks. Have a good day. All right, you uh, let me go to Melanie. Hi, Melanie. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, Melanie? Not too much. Mm. Um, long story short, my family loves to use my flirtatiousness to get them things. 
Oh, so you will flirt to get your. So tell tell us what you do and what you've gotten for your family. Yeah, I mean, really everything that you're hearing from everyone else. You know, just a little bit of a shoulder touch, a little bit of a smile. You know, being a little quirky and and fun in situations and. You know, one, like, really stupid situation that comes to mind was at um, Great Wolf Lodge. My dad is very into, like, profession T-shirts. Like, if he can get his hands on a firefighter T-shirt or a police T-shirt, it's, it's a jam. Okay. So we were there one day, and he noticed that the lifeguards had a really cool T-shirt, and <laughs> he wanted one. <laughs> so sent me up on the slide one too many times, and, you know, I'm a little bit of a curvy girl, so I think, you know, bathing suit the whole thing just kind of worked out well for me and uh was able to get him a t-shirt so they send you in to charm things out of people that's oh good. yeah good for you at bars, i've gotten drinks for my sisters it's, it's a whole thing you know melanie and it's it's sort of like that seinfeld episode where he's dating the really um like the really attractive model and uses her to get movie tickets and yeah. all that, all of that stuff. One thousand. Yeah. yeah, that's you. Okay, I have. <laughs> I have had uh, women hey, try Kelly. to get things. Oh, I want this. I want that. Oh, and they'll take your hat off your head, or uh-huh. I'm like, just give it back. <laughs> and, and when that doesn't, when their little flirty stuff doesn't work, and they don't. Stop! It's like now you're now you're just annoying me. Give me my freaking hat back. Or, Have you ever done that to I'm a girl like like, like on a like torn her skirt off? And say, I want this. I want this. This is mine. Uh, <laughs> God, I had when we were at WDRE and we had uh, DRE Fest. Uh, they gave and we made it well known through yeah. a promo that we ran on the radio station that the staff members had meet and greet backstage passes <laughs> and you might win them from the uh, from the jocks. Oh my and, God! Like so, the the gates open. And I'm like immediately <laughs> attacked, accosted by this girl with huge boobs, and she's coming. She's like rubbing them on me, and I'm like, "Here you go." You can <laughs> I had like I had like a pocket full of them. I'm like, hey, you, know, you know what though? I'm like, get you away from me. You had you also at that point. I, I gave it away already. Uh, yeah, like you, you weren't you weren't going to be accosted. You know? Did you have one or did you have? I had a bunch of them. Oh. Yeah. He's oh, like, yeah. no, and, keep rubbing your boobs. Yeah. One for each boob. Right. You're the one. You earned that one. You're the one to go after Casey. Not so much. He's like, you're annoying. Give me my hat back. Like, that dude doesn't even know I'm flirting with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know how much I paid for that hat? <laughs> like ten dollars. Well, anyhow, the, some people have the power of persuasion, the power of flirtation. Yes. And uh, they can certainly use it when they when they want to. Uh, so, but keep in mind, the three things, and this is by a, a scientific study that people respond to. With head, buns and burners and everything. Head turned to one side slightly, til- yeah. tilted down slightly, and a, a slight smile, <laughs> and eyes turned forward uh, to the implied target. This is how dumb I am. I thought that was one thing, and then they were going to be... Two other things, but those are three things in one. You seem stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I uh... <laughs> couldn't help but notice that pine cone necklace you wear. <laughs> <laughs> you seem simple. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what? Today is National Dunkin' Day. It's National Coffee Day, but we're calling it National Dunkin' Day today. Because that's what we run on. And I have a $50 Dunkin' gift card to caller number 20 right now, 215-263-WMMR. And don't forget that today you can get a free medium hot or iced coffee with any purchase. And America runs on Dunkin', and so does nice. the Preston and Steve Show. So caller number 20, 215-263-WMMR. That is the number. We'll be back in just a second. The Bizarre File Stories are coming up next. President Steve Show Podcast. 933 WMMR. Everything that rocks. 
Uh, real quick, before we do the Bizarre File, I just want to mention I, had, I released a new drum cover video Ooh, yesterday. did you? Tom Sawyer, Rush, thank you very much, did that. Wow. So if you want to search YouTube, do Preston Elliott search, and, and you can go see that. I, uh, I I made a little bitty mistake, and but I left it in there anyway. You so. did. And I rushed a little part of it at one point. You, you rushed, rush. When you play Neil, you want it to be absolutely spotless perfect, but I was freaking tired that day. Yeah. I got like six cameras going at the same time. It is a pain in the ass to edit and put it together, so I'm like, you know what? That's good enough. I'm done. <laughs> so you know anyhow. what's happening right now? Here's my impression of Neil Peart right now. <laughs> I know. Dare I make a mistake? No, no. Uh, it's very cool. I, you know, I, I would have thought you would have gotten to this one sooner. It's nah, such a I classic. Could, but it's it is. It's a. Oh, classic. is that why you didn't do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, got you. Yeah, yeah. I was happier with my version of uh, of subdivisions actually All more right. so than this one. But anyhow, people love this song. It's got the really big drum fills in the middle of it. So so I I just put this out yesterday. So if you want to see that. Uh, it's on my YouTube page. Just search Preston Elliott. On your channel, you have uh, Kathy's birthday video and Marissa's, which are awesome. Um, are, did you post Casey's and mine? Is oh, yeah, they're, they're on there. They're, they just don't show up in the... Um... You have to go... You have to click That's videos. convenient. Uh, oh, here, Nick. there and we go. There's everything. See, there's Nick's and Casey's. Huh. And, uh, okay. Yep, so they're they're all on there. Cool. If you want to peruse, feel free. I have some older videos. If you haven't seen them, go back and check out... You know, subdivisions from uh, Rush, and I have uh, natural science from Rush. But anyway, I just wanted to plug that. Thank you. Let's do the Bizarre File. Here we go. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. Brought to you by Armor Metals and Recycling. Get cash today. If you need cash fast, bring your scrap and e-cycling to Armor Metals and Recycling and walk away with cash today. Located in Pensauken, New Jersey. Or at armormetalsrecycling.com. All right, we'll start with a doozy. Uh, a, in uh, Lancaster County, PA, a naked man was found along Route 72 uh, eating flowers and grass on yeah. Sunday morning, police said. What the f- <laughs> uh, police were dispatched to the scene after a call reported a naked man gardening. Officers located the man who appeared to be in his mid thirties. He was, not only was he eating flowers and grass, but yeah. he was covered in feces. Aww. Well, so he, he was, was it's fertilizer. Eating grass and flowers and leaves. Uh, all responding it's the best day of my life. Responding officers were certified crisis intervention team officers, and the man was taken into custody without incident. Crisis? Uh, what crisis? He will be. <laughs> He was taken to the Lancaster uh, General Hospital for appropriate evaluation and care. Okay, I'll ride in your car. Mm-hmm. Uh, private security at Rome's Coliseum on yeah. Monday caught a tourist carving his first and last initials oh, into a pillar of the 2,000-year-old structure. Come on. The Coliseum security team identified the tourist as 32, a 32-year-old man visiting from Ireland. Uh, the tourist used a metal point to carve his initials about two inches high onto, Sean onto a pillar on the Coliseum's <laughs> first floor. Uh, the visitor is accused of damaging a historical and artistic landmark. Manchester sucks. In Italy, <laughs> <laughs> damaging a historical or artistic landmark is a crime that could uh, end up uh, give him a year in prison or a minimum fine of about $2,500. The problem with that, and you've been there, I have not, but my wife has been a number of times. It, the stuff is pretty accessible. Yes, yep. it is. I haven't been to the Coliseum. I haven't been to Rome, but I've been to the Venice. And yes, it's all, you can get right up close personal to it. Their mistake is that on the third Tuesday of every month, they have Chisel Day, oh, which is a big mistake. Not a good idea. The Coliseum reopened to tourists on June 1st after uh, being temporarily closed for three months due to the pandemic. This is pretty wild. Steve, you sent me this yesterday. A zookeeper has been savagely mauled by a 560-pound gorilla that she raised from birth. Mm. 
Uh, the woman was left with two broken arms and chest and head injuries after the attack at the Madrid Zoo. Uh, Malabo is a 29-year-old male gorilla. Malabo. And he managed to break through three doors to get to the indoor facilities of the zoo while the zookeeper was getting on with the usual breakfast routine. Can you imagine? So you're working, you're in there, you open up a door, and there's this gorilla. Yeah, the zookeeper was uh, stabilized by paramedics at the scene before being rushed to the hospital in serious condition. The statement issued by the zoo said... Given the event that occurred this morning with the uh, with a gorilla keeper from the Madrid Zoo, we share our official note and our wishes for a speedy recovery for this worker. We sent her a basket of fruit. Uh, upon entering a bounded area with a triple door, the caretaker met Malabo, who had accessed it. Uh, the reasons why the animal broke was able to access the area are being investigated internally. That needs to be investigated. How the how the gorilla could breach three separate doors? Yeah. Uh, the Screen zoo, doors, there must be. The zoo team managed to remove the animal, and later the veterinary team anesthetized the animal with a tranquilizer dart, which was transferred to its interior bedroom, and at the moment it is calm, they said. Uh, note that Malabo has been raised by his caregiver since he was born with a protective behavior towards the group and close to his caregivers. So you wonder why this happened. And they said at this time the caregiver has a uh, reserved uh, prognosis, and the first thing is to wish her a speedy recovery, they said. So, Malabo, so tight, We'll see that. <laughs> In Pontiac, Michigan, uh, this happened early Saturday morning. A homicide occurred, and detectives are trying to identify the individuals in photos. Uh, the deputies responded to the report of a shooting. The caller reported the victim was in the parking lot laying on the concrete. The victim and his girlfriend had been waiting in line to enter a haunted house when a male subject in line ahead of them wouldn't move. The victim and the suspect exchanged words as the suspect thought the victim had cut in line ahead of them. The victim stated to his girlfriend that he was going to his vehicle. The suspect and the vehicle went separately to the parking lot. Witnesses reporting hearing shots fired. The victim was struck in the side, neck, and chest. Dude killed him. For a haunted house attraction. And for a cut in line thing. Come on. Uh, so they transported uh, the victim to the hospital and he was pronounced dead. So they are looking for this suspect, obviously. And then we'll do one more story and we will wrap it up for now. A Canadian couple has had their marriage annulled because of an inability to have sex, something that's so rare that the CBC said that statistics aren't even kept on it. Really? A British Columbia Supreme Court justice granted the annulment sought by a woman for religious reasons reasons uh, from the man she was married in, to in August 2018. Uh, the woman said her husband was impotent and they'd never been able to consummate the marriage. Uh, they hadn't tried to have sex until they were married, but the man put the blame on his wife, claiming that he has regular sex with his new girlfriend. Oh, so, right. oh, this might be a flirting problem, Preston. It might be. <laughs> Send them that article. Has she tried the tilted head yeah, and the smile yeah. thing? I don't know. But <gasps> yeah, all right. And there you go. That is what we have in the bizarre file for you this morning. All right, let's take a break. But as we are doing everything, reminding you about the fact that it is Tattoos Day. We have $350 gift certificate, Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. They're on South Street. Uh, in fact, 1729 to be specific. If you want to check out some of their artwork, check their website at floatingworldtattoos.com or on Instagram. It's just Floating World Tattoos. But uh, text the word tattoo. To 39333, because before the show's up, we'll grab a winner. We'll be back in a moment, and actor Alan Ruck will be joining us. Stay there. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. 
Are you in love? Ready to get engaged? We'll visit Steven Singer Jewelers, the diamond experts. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest is indeed uh, ready to go, and uh, he's been in so many movies and TV shows over the years, and and did a great. He's he's here to talk about a few things. One of them being this product. Huh. Did a great riff on Ferris Bueller's Day Off in this commercial. It's hilarious. It's really well done, and it's a really cool product too. I'm not even kidding. I am looking for a garage door opener. I'm, I swear to God. So this is very fortuitous. Uh, especially with this added little feature yes, on yeah, it. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it's actually called the Lift Master. We're going to find out more about it. Please welcome uh, Mr. Alan Ruck to the yeah, show. Yeah. Today. Alan, good morning, sir. Hi, guys. How you doing? We we are doing awesome. Thanks uh, for coming on this morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by asking, are you are you by nature like a gadget guy? I, when there's when something is really cool, uh, I get interested, you know. So I I think this thing you were just talking about the, the LiftMaster uh, Secure View, this new garage door opener they have, and they mm-hmm. pitched me this commercial about six months ago, and it has you know the throwback to Ferris Bueller. I thought it was funny, so I decided to do it, and it's a good product. It's got a built-in camera. It has two-way communication. You can work the whole thing off your smartphone with the app. It's called MyQ. Um, so I actually think it's a really good product. Well, listen, everyone here on the show knows I'm a, I'm a massive gadget guy. I am an immediate adopter, but I swear to God, this is not stroking Alan Ruck. <laughs> this is the truth. I was looking for stuff like this, but I think you've just made my um, my decision. This is the one. Oh, I love the, uh, really like this. Yeah. yeah, I love the camera option and the whole deal and the interconnection. That's uh, that's great. So uh, you can tell uh, the people that uh, you've already sold one of them. So so for, for people who haven't seen the commercial, it's it's a riff on Ferris Bueller. It's when uh, uh, Ferris and Cameron are going to take the, uh, the the Ferrari out, and they're in the garage, and he's doing the speech about it. It's his love, and so on, and then. You interrupt because they're in the garage and there's a camera on the garage door open that says, not so fast, guys. <laughs> it's brilliantly done. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and it, did you have a hand in this, uh, in, in the development, or did they just no, approach? No, no. Okay. No, right. they just, they, they, they had the whole thing mapped out and they said, would you like to do this? And nice. It seemed like a lot of fun, yeah. That's cool. Very cool. Well, you're, you're on a, a huge, hugely successful show, Succession. Uh, is going great guns. We're friends with Adam McKay, uh, who's a, a Philadelphia guy, uh, and it, it's got. It. This has to be a super fun project to be attached to. I've been waiting for a show like this for about thirty years, to tell you the truth. I've always wanted to do something that was ostensibly a drama, but is wickedly darkly funny. Yeah, and uh, so I just, you know, I struck gold this time. I got really lucky. Alan, you know what I love about the show is that obviously it's about these incredibly wealthy people who are just stratospheres above everybody else on the planet, right? But their problems are still human problems. They have family dynamics. They they have daddy issues, um, and, and and it's written so well that they're human beings, even though they're exceedingly wealthy. Yeah, I mean they're foul human beings, right? Yeah, they're, they're not really <laughs> yeah. admirable people. Yeah, yeah. And the, the thing is, I guess the mes- message is money will not fix you. You know, because if if you're a miserable human being, it's it's not going to make any difference. And it, it has almost like an, uh, the same way alcohol can amplify your worst attributes. <clears throat> money can do that as well. But we we have always been fascinated by the uber wealthy, and I, I think it. Um, it somehow does us well to see that they that they're not just constantly blissfully happy that they have a whole uh, a spate of problems that occur because of that wealth. Yeah, they go they go through things that we will never deal with. Actually, 
like the whole the whole idea of prenups. I mean, it's a real thing. And yes. You know, you can't just fall in love with a girl and marry her. She's got to be vetted by the family to make sure she's not going to abscond with the wealth. Whereas we might say, okay, who's going to end up with the hot plate? Uh, they're talking about estates and things of that nature. It's a lot more impactful. Have, have you had encounters with people that are of that, you know, uber billionaire status that have indicated that they uh, can identify with some of the things they've seen on the show? No, I, I've never, I've never met anybody. I don't think at that level. I mean, I think I've been in the same room with some of those people, but I've never actually uh, talked with anybody that, that is uh, saddled with that level of wealth. So okay. I really, I don't know what to tell you. I was thinking about the, the show the other day, though, Alan, because there was a, the news story where those guys had created a man cave in the, I think, beneath Grand Central Station, and there's a plot line in Succession where they go to this, like, rave, this club, this uber-exclusive club, but you have to walk through the subway to get there. So there are, like, there are parallels in real life that happen in Succession. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, uh, uh, truth is stranger than fiction, for sure, especially in the times we live in. Um, you know what, Alan, at, at the top of the interview, I had mentioned you've been in so many different projects throughout the years, and, and reading uh, just a little background info, one thing that I did not know was that... Um, you and Matthew Broderick uh, were in the stage show of Biloxi Blues, and that's where you were both uh, essentially discovered for, for Bueller. So going into the two of you working together on that film must have been pretty damn awesome because you already had that, that, uh, that relationship on stage. What was that like when you guys were that young doing uh, Broadway at that age? It was great. That was my first Broadway show, and um, uh, like you say, Matthew and I were already friends, so we didn't have to we didn't have to make anything up. So many times you show up to work on a film or a show, and it's like, oh, this is your wife, and you have to or right. whatever. <laughs> you have to create instant relationship. But we were already friends, and we already shared a you know a similar twisted sense of humor. So it just was like falling off a log. It was it was easy. I saw a uh, documentary, I think it was A&E did it, about Ferris Bueller, and they were doing a whole series, and uh, they were celebrating John Hughes and, and obviously his massive contribution to pop culture and film. And uh, they, they said about that, that, that friendship between you guys, that, uh, and they were talking to Mia Sarah, who said that she loved working with you guys, but it was, she, you know, it was, it, you guys had that thing already, and she had to sort of work her way in. And she was, I think she was a bit younger than you guys, was she not? She was the only one that actually was a teenager. <laughs> we were all in our <laughs> 20s, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, have, have you, I, and it is, you, you talk about that dynamic when you're on a set and you're supposed to, I guess, have this relationship with people. Uh, I, I, I have to assume that Broadway, doing stage work, is the ultimate training for an actor and can port to just about anything. Would, would you agree with that? Well, I started out, as so many actors do, doing plays. And uh, because there's only a, a few places in, in the world where you can actually pursue film and television, uh, uh, but you can do plays anywhere. You know, I mean, the community theater, high school theater, that's where everybody gets started. And um, I, have, I do think it's a young person's game, though, because whoever came up with the idea of doing eight shows in seven days... <laughs> No, no actor thought that up. I right. <laughs> yeah, that always seemed like an incredibly daunting schedule. There's things I'd rather do. You know? <laughs> I, I think film and television is a, is a lot more civilized, actually. You know, Alan, you've had such a rich career and continue to be successful. But when, when you have a defining role like, uh, you know, in Ferris Bueller at, at, at uh, more the beginning of your career, um, what's the double-edged sword uh, nature of that because 
you still get asked about it all these years later. Regularly, I'm certain, you don't have an interview where it's not brought up. Right. Um, h- how do you feel about that? Well, actually, I feel great about it now. There were a few points in my career when I was apparently unemployable that I didn't really want to hear about Ferris Bueller ever again in my sure. life. Sure, yeah. You know, but now I'm really happy that I was involved in something that people still love to this day. Well, you had that, you've and you've had other things like Spin City you had a, a run on. You've been in so many other... Uh, movies, and I, I think that happens for a lot of people. You can understand it when it starts to feel a little bit like a constraining issue, but then it is it, it has brought joy to so many people. And I, I I hear from so many younger, like teens and, and kids, who get turned on. That movie stood the test of time, even even with references that might be unique to that time period. It still has a message that translates. Do you agree with that? I do. I just think it's uh, it's really a film about friendship and um, um, really, I mean, love. I mean, it's like this this kid gives up his whole day off. I mean, he could just take off with his girlfriend and have a great day, but he helps out his, you know, hypochondriac friend and kind of pulls him out of his doldrums. So it's... uh, it's about friendship. You know, Hollywood is is rife with with redoing movies that have hit. And and you know, for those of us who remember when they had their initial run and and how great they were, kind of cringe at the idea of that well, happening. They, um, they can't re, they can't remake this movie now because there's the garage door opener with the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You actually made sure and we salute you for that. And as I said, I will be ordering mine. Yes, that's it. If, if only other people designed tech that could have eliminated reboots. <laughs> hey, would you have loved to have been in the, the Biloxi film? Uh, you know, at the time, I really did. But but the truth was, uh, I actually met Mike Nichols on that. And he, he was very funny, the late Mike Nichols. He directed the picture, you know, and he said, aren't you bored? <laughs> <laughs> and in the truth, he was right. I mean, I had done I had yeah. done the role on stage. And the only reason I wanted to do the movie was because I knew my other buddies were going to be in the movie, and I just wanted to hang out, you know, with my pals. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah. Which would have been great. You know, uh, I was just telling these guys that Twister was on the other night, and that, for me, that that seemed to be one of the first real, you know, after Jurassic Park CGI applications uh, where they could really throw a lot of effects at a movie like that. But what what was that like coming from stage and then, you know, you work in a movie where it's 70% of what's happening is in the computer and you're having to react to that? Our director is a guy, a guy named Jan de Bont, who's Dutch, and he had this uh, accent. And he would go, is this the biggest tornado you ever seen? You're going to die. <laughs> you know, and you, you're staring at a, a beautiful blue sky, and you just feel like the biggest ham bone on the planet. <laughs> when you see the CGI, you're like, oh, I could have been much bigger. <laughs> I, been, I just could have been like Godzilla big. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to, to describe a level five tornado to somebody who's never seen one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I still haven't, and I'm, I'm glad about it. That's a good thing. Uh, with season three, a succession uh, coming out next year, the other thing that I see, and, and sometimes these aren't correct, but uh, is there a film called Freaky that's going to be coming out? Yeah, in, uh, I think it's November, November? 15th. Okay. Yeah, and it's, uh, it stars Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton, and it's uh, um, uh, a twist on the old Freaky Friday body swap idea. Okay. And uh, Vince, Vince and Catherine swap bodies. Oh, that'll be interesting. Huh. Hilarious results. Uh, nice. Is this is this on Netflix or is this getting a theatrical release? It's theatrical. Oh, yes. that's cool. All right. Yeah, and that that's 
it's starting to feel good. I mean, it's obviously going to take a little bit of a of a of a um, assimilation or reintegration, but getting the theater experience is such an essential one. I, I assume you're happy to see that start to come around, as if they're being safe about it. Absolutely. I mean, I just think we need to get through this next winter, and hopefully, things will start to get back to normal. Yep, yeah, I hope so. In the meantime, uh, get that garage taken care of, <laughs> and uh, you've already got one sold, yes. the Lift Master. <laughs> Here in Philly for uh, for Steve and uh, and we'll keep an eye out obviously for I'm success. I'm on a commission basis, so I <laughs> okay. All right, we'll push we'll, it. We'll make sure you get <laughs> your percentage. <laughs> when right. I order it, I'll say, please make sure Alan Rock gets his percentage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely, right. uh, Alan's great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Continued success. Well, thank you. You too. All, All right. right, take care, Alan Rock, yeah. guys. Uh, he's great. Uh, you, you've got to love Ferris Bueller. I don't know that I've. No, I don't think I've shown that. that flat out said, kids, let's sit down and watch this movie. I, my guess is. I need to do that. I, my guess is they'll dig it because yeah. it speaks to that um, cutting cutting class. If yeah. they can get past the the, uh, the antiquated, you know, telephones and the computer and the yeah. things that are clearly outdated, I think yeah. they'd love it. For his time, though, he was incredibly uh, tech savvy. He was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, had a, he had a sampler and everything. yeah, yeah. yeah. Early on in the pandemic, uh, I had watched that movie beginning to end. It was I think I put it uh, on like a Twitter poll, like which movie should I watch today? Right. We were just kind of like trying. Everybody was trying to find something to do with their days, and so I and I hadn't watched it in years. I'm like, yes, this movie. St- and regardless of whatever sort of tech things are out there, it stands up. You know what I, I love about the the John Hughes touch, and he added it in a few movies, and it's a classic scene with Alan Ruck. When he's lying in bed and he's singing, you know, when Cameron was yeah. in Egypt land. Uh-huh. And then the chorus comes in. Yeah. Let my Cameron go. <laughs> Does the same thing in 16 Candles with clean clothes shade. Uh-huh. It was just a weird little thing that he would throw in. I'm trying to think if there were any others that he had in some of his movies. There probably were and they're just not coming to mind. But I just love that little touch. He always has, yeah, that 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 sort of stuff. And when he, John Hughes, I was familiar with John Hughes uh, before that because he, he was a staff writer for the National Lampoon. Okay. And the, in fact, the, the Vacation series first appeared in National Lampoon. Right. And uh, it was a little bit more coarse. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it was dirty. Yeah, 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 yeah. but uh, it, it was it was great. Wow. All right, well, I'll have to dust that one off. Uh, speaking of entertainment, um, this is outside of entertainment news, but I'll, I'll bring it up anyway because we were just talking about Hollywood and so on. Uh, the new Borat movie is done, and they have released the title. Did you see the title of this? No, I didn't. Okay. So the title of it is Borat... Gift of Pornographic Monkey to Vice Premier Mikhail Pence and Make Benefit Recently Diminished Nation of Kazakhstan. Wow. That's the title of the movie. Okay. You know, I never saw that first movie. Really? I never saw it because it came out and it exploded and I just didn't get around to it and And I I missed the joke. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. So, um... It's it's well worth watching. I don't yeah. know if it might now. You've been so bombarded with it, and also annoyed by people who are doing the Borat impression. I also, oh, what do you I mean? also, uh, <laughs> I also don't care that much for um, the the uh, making other people uncomfortable, uncomfortable uh, situations. I agree. Scenario. I feel bad for sometimes for, for people like that, especially yeah. when they're unwitting. Uh, you know, uh, accomplices and stuff like that, where it, it it becomes it becomes a little bit too much. 
I don't know, but at this point, they've signed off on it, so they are okay with it. Yeah. And it you yeah. know, it makes it funny. It came out in 2006, the first movie. Yeah. So, you wow. know, I think there's enough time removed. I, I watched it, I don't know, a year or so ago. It's still funny. It's one of those things, like, when you, when you watch a Beavis and Butthead movie or a South Park movie, where normally you'll get it in a half-hour chunk or, or 22 minutes, to make an entire comedy an hour and a half long... Uh, the joke gets a little tired after a bit. So you you stop laughing right. at Borat being Borat. It does. But there's enough of a good story there. And he, he, like this, he's ostensibly trying to get to Pamela Anderson. And so that's funny. And there are, there are laugh out loud moments for sure. You uh, know what? Actually, he did a movie where he played, I guess he was playing sort of a Saddam Hussein type guy. The dictator, right? The dictator, yeah. And uh, it's actually, it, the, the critics hated it. I, sort of, I thought it was pretty good. Huh. Yeah. And he's going to be Abby Hoffman in The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is coming out later this year yeah. on Netflix. And that looks really good. So he's a good actor. He, he was, was supposed to be Freddie Mercury. Yes, he That's was. Right. Uh, yeah. Initially, but think, I mean, uh, that might have been interesting, but Rami it, Malek nailed it. So obviously. His issue also, Preston, as I understand with the script, is that he thought it was, it focused not enough on Freddie Mercury and was like, he didn't, the band is an equally important part of oh, yeah. the, the the story. Yeah. And he thought it was, should have been weighted more on Freddie Mercury. There okay. was either photographs or video of this movie being made, uh, I wish I can remember what, but it, it, I think he was like... The original Borat? No, no, no. The second Borat. Yeah. Where he was just like, I was excited when I saw the, the images because uh, I, I wish I could remember exactly what it was, but I'm pretty sure he was, it was, uh, he was on the, on a highway somewhere, like on the back of a truck. Oh man, I wish I could remember what it was. Do but, we have the clip of the, uh, going to watch the, uh, the ladies? Ladies make a toilet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to Capital City and watch ladies while they make a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> this was not greeted warmly when it first came out by people um, of that area. Uh-huh. Yeah, our friend um, Matt Rovine yep. would constantly do yep. the constantly, yeah. impression. I wonder if he still does it. I yeah, he I don't know. Still does it. I still do it. <laughs> yeah. My life. It? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, do you have it here? Here we got it. All right, hang on. And on weekends, uh, travel to Capital City and watch your ladies while they make a toilet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, in other entertainment news, uh, Universal Orlando announced yesterday that it will debut a roller coaster based on Jurassic World next summer. So I was down there in February, and they had a whole huge area closed off. You yeah. know, where they had the, 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 the huge boards up with the, the small slits in them so you could see that they were kind of working in there. And this was this had to be for this because it's, uh, I mean, it's a huge chunk of the park that they've added. It will be at the Islands of Adventure theme park. So there's two theme parks there. Yeah. And uh, the Velocicoaster will tell an original story as riders go on a chase alongside a pack of Velociraptors. Uh, which Chris Pratt, Dallas How- Bryce Howard, and or Bryce Dallas Howard and B D Wong. It's is it B D? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was D B. Uh, reprising their roles, and it will have two launches. Each Dino DNA <laughs> with the fastest shooting riders uh, forward at up to seventy miles per hour in two point four seconds. What is that's the, all an ass? What man. does the Hulk do? Because the Hulk is pretty amazing. I don't know. I'd Did look, you go on it? Oh my god! That I didn't went on go it like on it. six times. <laughs> they were they were it was shut down while we were there. Unfortunately, it was originally going to be the Silver Surfer. The Hulk was, and oh, they were no going to. What they did is, as they were putting it together, they the plan was to paint it and have it really a glistening silver. And they realized that in the incredibly bright Florida sun, yeah. it would have blinded people around the park. Oh, man. So they went with the Hulk. Uh, there will be an 80-degree drop 
That's awesome. Uh, from 155 feet, which is the steepest drop at uh, for a universal roller coaster. That park was just sensational. Isn't it? If you are, um, eh, I'm not sure it's my thing, it's your thing. The rides are amazing. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're just amazing. It's the best park I've ever been to as far as, as thrill rides go. And it just experiences and the atmosphere and the stuff as you're waiting for a ride and mm-hmm. what, you know, all of that stuff. It's it's tremendous. We yep. should do our show from there sometime. We should. And yeah. you know, damn right we, we, ha- we were about to finesse that before yeah. all of this stuff. I mean, we, we could do that. They have that broadcast facility. Next year. Next yeah. year. Yes. Yeah. God, our, our management has just been like... Well, I, I don't get it. Where are you going to... We're going to have a good time, and we're yeah. going to do a radio show. Yeah. We're not allowed to do that. Trust no. us. And then we're going to give away trips to our listeners. I think. What's, do you what's know... In, what's in it for people that are listening? We're going to do our show, for Christ's sake. <laughs> You're not allowed to have fun. What about, you know... Same we, thing that's in it for them today. We would have been... Yes! <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. You're would welcome. we be in California if our original plans... Yeah. <gasps> yeah. It would have been this week. We were supposed to be... We would have been broadcasting from California this Chikino's week. house this week, but uh, mm-hmm. we're doing something else with him, which is not quite as cool, but still kind of cool. Not only were we going to be broadcasting from Michael Giacchino's house, there was a potential we were going to be at Kevin Smith's house, too. Yeah. Yep. Broadcasting, doing a show. He asked us Has to Asked to, to come. Yep. And, Oh, yeah, because I was like, reached out to him. I just said, hey. Well, at least it's coffee day. <laughs> it's National Coffee National Day. National Dunkin' Day. Well, at least it's Dun- we love Dunkin'. We yeah. do. And yeah. we probably would have had Dunkin' out at Kevin Smith's house. I'm sure he has a Dunkachino machine to starve that caliber. You're goddamn right he would, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, all right. Well, anyhow, let's, right. Not, let's not talk what, about not right. what are we talking about. What should be or would be. Let's talk about what is. Hey, I tell you what. I know what my new electric garage door opener is going to be, and that's yeah. a big plus. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you, uh, Alan Ruck. Uh, is this more entertainment stuff, Preston? I, I'm trying to link all this stuff together. All it's this. time for the entertainment news with our entertainment correspondent, Skip Elliott. Skip Elliott. <laughs> all right, so that's one intro, or we could do... I don't, don't really have any other entertainment. It's time for entertainment news with Skip and Elliott. What is it? Oh, oh the good. entertainer. Yes, yeah. it's beautiful. Or we could, we could do... Uh... I am the... End. Ah. Oh, yeah. The, the name of the song is The Entertainer. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Last night, <laughs> trying to go to bed. Right. I mean, right. I'm fading off to sleep, and then I hear <laughs> in my head... And I started laughing, and it woke oh. me back up. I heard, I heard, um, oh crap, a Cindy Lauper song, Lauper song, yeah. uh, Shebop. No, no, I think it was Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Okay. And there's a, a very loud audible. So, <laughs> yeah, that, there, in there. Yeah, and Steve, it was like, the, I was setting my alarm. I heard that song come on, and I'm like, God damn it, Steve's in my head again. Uh-huh. Um, good enough. It's also in Good Enough as well. Good good enough. Yeah. It was kind of her thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good um, enough. <laughs> That, <laughs> that um, by the way, my kids uh, all weekend were singing I Am Groot, and that came into <laughs> I Am Groot oh, as well. I liked that when yeah. we did that on Friday. It's probably the best we've ever sounded. Yeah. Singing. Did you guys listen to it again? It was neck and neck with uh, Safe Flight. <laughs> that was pretty good. Was yeah. good. Safe Flight Repair. Safe Flight Replace. <laughs> We should release an album. Yeah, our fa- our in studio song. We need to kick people? Kathy out of the band, though. I'm no, sorry. Uh, no, guys. she's a dancer. I was the dancer. She can be Let a fly girl. Dance. She is a fly girl. You're the one that 
just blew us all up. You she's, quit. She's our fly girl. Kick me out. Kathy's yeah. our J-Lo. Uh, this, this actually has to be... It's like Yoko. All right, what do you think on an album, what the what is the most important track number? Three. What? Yeah. <laughs> he answers, <laughs> he gets annoyed. Sometimes, like, when you open an album with, like, you know, track number one is, like, the best track, and then everything kind, kind of goes downhill from right. there. So I... But this has to be track number one on the Preston Steve track album. Are you ready, Steve? Yeah. All right. Oh. <laughs> like a good thing. Steve Harvey's here! All right, so, so we lead with the hit. Yeah, yeah. you okay. lead with the hit. All right. Yeah. And then you bring everyone in with... Yeah. Okay, then the ballad. <laughs> Three, two, one. Safe flight repair. Safe flight replace. <laughs> and then third is yeah. I Am Groot, which I don't even remember exactly how yeah, it Yeah, we went. have to listen to the yeah, music. The oh, I Am Groot. Marissa has it's the... It's Vin Diesel song. Know, she said yeah. she just sent it over. Oh. Okay. Yeah, well, but I think she it. has us... Yeah, this is uh-huh. us performing. It's called Groot. Boys. Yeah. Where's the one with Justin Guarini? It sounded bad. Oh, that well, we, that, we were not, we were not good. <laughs> mm-hmm. That yeah. sounds like when you you can't shift the gear in your car. We were trying to sing uh, <laughs> "Afternoon Delight," yeah, yeah. and it, 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 it wasn't oh quite the best. That yeah, one but... uh, did not make it onto the album cover. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I remember My, Justin was like, Kathy, just just do it like this. And yeah. I was like, you don't understand. I can't. I can't do it. I don't There's know nothing on here. Like on I'm just going to dance. Can I just dance? Can I just be your backup dancer? Anybody hear the uh, Bare Naked Ladies do the Canadian National Anthem last night? They sang at Game 6. For no. The, uh, so they do the American National Anthem. And it was uh, um, a singer I didn't know from Dallas, for the Dallas Stars. And then, because they were the uh, the home team last night. And then the Bare Naked Ladies did the Canadian National Anthem. And it was just them singing harmonies. Uh-huh. It was beautiful. And it's I, I miss the original Bare Naked Ladies. I miss the one guy that's not in it anymore. Stephen Page? Page, no. yeah. Or is he the other one? I think he's I the have. one that left. Okay. Uh, but it was the four guys just singing a cappella in harmony, the Canadian National Anthem, and that's how you do harmonies. They we, do a great, they what's do. the Christmas song that they do that I oh, love? God yeah. rest she married Yeah, yeah my God, it's so good. It's a great version of that song. But you're right, those guys always had great harmony. Yeah, and then they also do a way in a safe light repair. <laughs> they do? <laughs> Safe light replace. Um. Okay. All right. Are I we was, back to I the entertainer? Gonna, I was going to break. Well, no. We we have an interview at nine. So should we should we break and then come back or with a real musician? We keep talking until we get him on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because we uh, can. We have that ability. I was going to bring up this thing. My friend Will had uh, had pitched this to me the other day of a of, of a question, a music question. Which was, what do you consider to be, and this is a bit specific, the greatest opening track from a band's debut album? Oh, wow. Oh, my right? God. So, first of all, I had to go, wow. Well, okay. what, what are the I, opening I gotta, tracks? I got to remember right. what the opening tracks were. What is Some the of band? the greatest bands of all time. Yeah. I one have of the one. ones I came up with was uh, Running With The Devil from Van Halen. That was That's track one on the first album. That's a 
big lead right there. No. Uh, I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, no. Well, I, you're not allowed to have an opinion. You're not allowed to have a, your opinion is wrong. No, I, don't, I didn't I don't. say that's the best. It's yeah. just one that I came up with. Yeah, this the first thing I thought of was... Uh, the Milk Carton Boys. was not the Milk Carton Kids. <laughs> was not New York, which is a beautiful song. Uh, it is this one. Yeah, this one came up too. Yeah, this is this is a huge, right out of the gate explosion. So, and and for a band that you'd never heard of before, and, and you put on the album, all of a sudden you go, "Wow! All right, we got something here." And I think the Beatles might have been. I saw her standing there. I'm not a hundred percent sure. And for, the, for Meet the Beatles? Yeah, I think I think that that might have been their opening track. From That's their, their first album? From their, yeah, me, check, I think it is. You know, we're... Because there, there were American releases and, and, right. and uh, England releases. What were you thinking? We have our, we have our, this, we're actually going to be having contests like this coming up in the ensuing days with our yeah. brackets and all that stuff that's yes. coming up as well. You know what, Press, I think this conversation is... Um, best done in French? N- well, <laughs> I, I don't speak French. We. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we need to come back to it because uh, I think we can spend a little too much time with this and, and more time than what we have right now. Oh. Uh, it also gives us a, maybe an opportunity to think about it for a second. We can maybe do it on the, on the tail end of our interview. Um, oh. Okay, so you're saying we should take a break and come back, yeah, and speak to our interviewer, or interviewee, yes. and uh, and then maybe we can explore this a little bit. Yeah, we can ask him. Okay, and yeah. what, what's his favorite glass repair song? Okay, <laughs> what's what's uh, Genesis first? It was he on Genesis first album? He no, well no. he okay. he is in the first seminal. Yes, like uh, selling England by the pound, nursery crime, foxtrot. Uh, you know, when Peter Gabriel was really in his most uh, uh, experimental. But they did just a little bit before him. They had one uh, one guitarist had. before him. Right. And uh, But he, phenomenal. I mean, well, we're going to tell him. And yeah. we're going to advise him on the best way to open your garage door. That too, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll get him on in just a moment. Hey, oh, that's how it means we need to take a break. So we're going to come back in just a moment. And we will have uh, the incredible guitarist, Mr. Steve Hackett, on the show. So stay put. We'll be back in a few minutes. What's new? Why do you ask? Cage the elephant. Larkin Poe. Rival Sons. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. We are excited to have our next guest on the line. I've always been a fan of uh, progressive and adventurous music, and he was certainly at the forefront of this. Oh, yeah. I'm Uh, a massive, massive fan of uh, Genesis and his work. His autobiography is available wherever books are sold. It is called A Genesis in My Bed. It's about his life and a good portion of it in the band Genesis. Please welcome... Uh, Mr. Steve Hackett to the show this yeah. morning. Steve, good morning to you, sir. Nice to talk to you. How are you doing? We're doing wonderful. Uh, listen, I, I had said at the, the the beginning of the interview, you know, we're we're fans of, of progressive music, of of uh, more experimental themes, and was that what grabbed you when you were a young man, just learning how to play guitar, being taking it to another level, being more adventurous with your music? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I was into lots of different kinds of music, not just one style. I, I grew up listening to blues, but then I was also listening to classical, and then those two separate streams seemed to start informing each other. And when I first joined Genesis, um, there were five guys pulling in different directions, but it meant that we had a very broad base of possibilities. Well, I, I just immerse myself in this music. I listen to it still all the time, and it, it just has always spoken to me. And, you, and I don't know if this is an incorrect legend, but this is attributed to you. You placed an ad in Melody Makers, 1970, and you said, Imaginative guitarist writer seeks involvement with receptive musicians determined to strive beyond existing stagnant music forums. Was that your, was that your ad that you put out? Yeah, that was my calling card. Um, the thing is, I'd been advertising for five years before I, I settled on that wording, and then I just put that ad in once, and I got a call from Peter Gabriel. So um, that was how it was. It was a very powerful music paper at that time. Many um, bands that became very big uh, were formed off the back pages of Rodney Maker, but, you know, you had a lot of... It's like firing blanks, you know, five years later. Yeah. yeah. Um, you get a call of someone of that stature who's yet to make it in their early formative years of course but they had but genesis had already started to uh to you know they were a band they were recording and you you would think simply by word of mouth that they would find the right fit but they went to the paper and lo and behold took a shot at you were there several other people that they had tried for that position before they settled on you Uh, steve Yes, they did. They'd, I found out later that they'd auditioned 40 other guitarists. <laughs> wow. And, um, who'd all um, auditioned in person, in, in one place. And um, that was pretty difficult. You know, it, it's it's very hard going through auditions like that. So luckily, I, I uh, bypassed the, um, the audition process in that way. And um, I just played them a few things. Uh, both Pete and Tony in the band, and um, I played them to them. My 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 brother and I, we we played together as a duo. So we had a few things that we'd knocked up um, that were in different styles, and they seemed to respond to that. So um, it wasn't as if I was hauled in front of a of a whole committee and say astound us. It wasn't quite like that. Right. Um, so I think it was easier for me than some of the other guys. Well, you were with, so 71 was when you officially joined the band? Yeah. All right. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. And so we're to, obviously yeah. Peter Gabriel, Phil Collins, Mike Rutherford, Tony Banks. And, you know, you, you talked about the, the, the influence of, of classical music and, and taking things longer form. I remember getting yeah. an album, which was the London Symphony Orchestra performing the music of Genesis. And we're talking, they, they focused in on nursery crime and foxtrot and selling England by the pound. And that music that you guys created translated so perfectly to the London Symphony Orchestra's presentation of it. And to me, that's that's validation of what you you guys were attempting to do musically. Well, I think that we rubbed shoulders with a lot of classical musicians um, over time. I, I, I've gotten to work with several orchestras, and um, I, I always loved this mixture of orchestras and groups uh, ever since the Beatles did such uh, astounding work with George Martin way back in the mid sixties. So um, I, I always had that as a, as a an idea, and of course, um, groups didn't really sound like orchestras in those days. Right. But, um, there were bands such as King Crimson and the Moody Blues who did sound like orchestras live because they had the mellotron, the all important mellotron, and um, 
uh, you know, that, that made, a, made a big difference. So I, uh, once I joined the band, I was, I was on their case trying to get them to buy a Mellotron, and we ended up buying one from King Crimson, who seems to have Mellotrons coming out of their ears. Mm-hmm. They had so many. They had Mellotrons to burn. And, um, <laughs> well, let so, me... Yeah, that, that was our first Mellotron um, uh, from them, a Mark II, the same, the same model that the Beatles had used back in um, in the day, Strawberry Fields, sure. the introduction to that. Yeah. Um, but my pal Ian MacDonald, who just left King Crimson, um, was was a great player of, of, of many instruments. He was a multi-instrumentalist, and he did such stunning work on, on the Mellotron on, in the Court of the Crimson King, which is, uh, has got some great Mellotron moments on it. it it's amazing. Perhaps you can correct, and again, I'm going to throw this out there because I've heard this legend for a long time, and, and it popped up again in doing the research about you, is that the finger-tapping technique, the guitar playing, that Eddie Van Halen saw you performing this and and was influenced yeah. is that is that in fact the case uh yeah i've been doing that from 1971 onwards and obviously eddie is is is, is an amazing guitarist um but um it's one of the techniques i i i came up with um uh and um of course it's become part of the language of shredders it's it's a way of playing very very fast yeah and, um uh, uh, um, so it's it, it's part of of, of 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 the language of, of guitarists who are doing impressive things. Um, I sometimes forget that it's in the armory. Sometimes <laughs> when you're doing a solo and you think, oh, you know, and they think, hang on a minute, I'm playing the guitar conventionally. I don't need to do that at all. I can do this, and and you could do finger style. So you could do finger tapping. You do finger style. You can do sweep picking. There are all these different schools of of approach, and um, there are people like Stanley Jordan who tap wow. yes. two guitars at the same time. But right. uh, and it's 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 it can be a stunning uh, technique. But if you do it all night, you you will wear out the audience because yeah. it's like being machine gunned. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it's like it's it's one gear that you can attain on the guitar, like 100 miles an hour. That's that's it. And, yeah. Um, I, I would say, say, don't forget the music because um, sometimes to play slowly is is uh, the best way to get a melody across. Certainly, there there are you know. Listen, it's impressive to watch somebody shred up and down the neck of a guitar, but after a while, it does get yeah. to be repetitive. And then when you have people who are like, say, like a Neil Sean or a Joe Walsh who are taking their time with the notes and they're making them sing and 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 create a melody. Yeah. That is a real talent as well, and that is something that's not just technique. That's that's uh, that's emotion. That's heart. You know. Yeah, uh, Joe Walsh, um, uh, a great, absolutely great, a great songwriter, and uh, I've got nothing but admiration for you know um, some of the things that he's done. Well, the the, the book is a Genesis in my bed, as we were mentioned earlier. I'm definitely going to get it. I have to ask you. One of the greatest showmen of all time, Peter Gabriel, and he was at the height of his theatrics, um, you know, costumes and shaved head and all this stuff and almost like Muppet type characters on stage. You as a musician and a really, you know, uh, (laughs) if you're standing there and you're looking at this, were you immediately like, yeah, let's do this? Or were you like a little suspect of what you were seeing? Well, no, uh, the, the theatrics came later. Um, when I joined, um, the band was still um, trying to figure out its presentation, and um, I, 
I was keen on, on, on the expansion of the keyboards so that we could sound like an orchestra, and I, and I was saying to everybody, we need to have our own light show because otherwise we were at the mercy of people strobing us when we were doing quiet things and, uh, and the blitz when you're trying to play uh, gently. And right. um, uh, so, but with that, when we acquired our own light show, um, Pete straight away started adding theatrics and started to play some of the characters that were invented um, for the song. So it was a very theatrical approach, and I, I think maybe at the same time David Bowie was starting to come up with that uh. kind of thing, you know, depicting the action, becoming the alien, or um, so science fiction was part of it. Also, um, Alice Cooper um, had personified the music in, in, in this very theatrical way. So for a while there, we were branded theatrical rock. There is, there is. Uh, listen, we, here we we do. Uh, we have a, a voluminous library of music, and we'll do an A to Z. And, and MMR is one of the legendary, you know, rock stations as far as you know longevity. And and one of the highlights of the A to Z is the they will play the full suppers ready, mm-hmm. and people look forward to that. Um, for you and the, the the incredibly impressive Genesis catalog, what what songs stand out as ones you? you really enjoyed playing and, and, and really spoke to you as you played them? Well, um, the album Selling England by the Pound was important for me. Um, and um, the opening track, Dancing with the Moonlit Night, um, was, was important for all sorts of reasons because of the amount of changes that went on during the song, but still cohesive. Uh, and at the same time, um, that was an album that John Lennon picked up on at the time, in 1973, and said we were one of the bands that he was listening to. So that was my proudest moment in rock and roll. Um, and uh, I think maybe another tune from the same album, um, iconically guitaristic, is is um, First of Fifth. Another one, uh, yeah. So track, track number one, I think, and, and three on that album, which I've, I've just um, released again on, on a live version of that entire album. Um, so um, from last year, uh, so I, I I I've enjoyed playing those songs and I've enjoyed revisiting them as well as doing new stuff. Of course, it's important not to just be a museum act. Sure. Uh, and Steve, by the way, with some of those more voluminous uh, tracks, the, the the really lengthy <laughs> ones with a lot of body, were there any of them where you would take a deep breath before you start and go? Here we go. Right. Oh, well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, when I get back to doing live shows, I'm going to do the um, um, seconds out in its entirety, which includes oh. Stuff is Ready. So wow. it's flexible length. It can be anything between 20, 22, and 25, 26 minutes long. Well, listen. Uh, but it always goes down very well with, with people who love the kind of journeying song, the uh, kind of musical odyssey mm-hmm. of all of that. Stuff that was written in a pre-video age where the music had to be visual within itself. So I'm I'm still proud of it. I'm, I'm amazed we got away with it then, and I <laughs> love the fact that people like it still now. It still holds up. And uh, listen, I, and I'd be remiss, and, and I'd, I'd kick myself if I didn't tell you that there's so much of the stuff that you're responsible with for that musically that where, that makes me tear up. The song, the cinema show, just gets me every time. And 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 these pieces and supper's ready, and, and their moments and. That I've listened to time and time again, that have got me through so many things throughout my life, and it's what music does, and and the influences of it—it's so profound and powerful. Casey and I were talking; he's a big fan of the band Fish, 
and 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 uh, yeah. Trey uh, Anastasia is a, a massive Genesis fan. Uh, do you have any relation? Yeah. yeah. Are you, you're, have you uh, interacted with them uh, much? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was, I was talking with him when Genesis was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, and they were playing our songs. I mean, at that time, Phil Collins um, couldn't play because he wasn't well, and we hadn't played uh, those early songs together as a band for a very long time. So, you know, you had a five-piece that became a four-piece, became a three-piece. Right. And then, um, uh, so it was, it was that band that, that were playing our stuff and saying very nice things. Um, so, uh, again, proud moment, uh, and, and it's, it's a great thing. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame celebrates not just current bands, but uh, it celebrates writers. Uh, and, and, and it's not ageist. It's got nothing to do with it. It's like if you wrote a great song back in the 60s, um, you might just get celebrated on... Uh, it, 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 it happens to be a great tradition now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a wonderful honor, and you guys have certainly deserved it. So, listen, we just want to remind people, a Genesis in my bed, uh, in my bed, the autobiography is available wherever books are sold. It's certainly uh, a, a pleasure and an honor to talk to you this morning, Steve. So thank you so much thank for you your so time. Much. You bet. Steve thank Hackett, so guys. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, super nice guy. Uh, and... You know, well, I, I was going to ask him one more question, but we had to wrap it up because uh, he's doing a few other things. Ask, do ask me, yeah, yeah. But I was going to ask, you know, you had mentioned that uh, that the, those songs have that uh, that carry that emotional weight. Yeah. And I was going to ask him if it's possible for that to happen to the author of that thing because it's a it's a it's a it's a piece of art, but it's also a piece of work. It's something that you 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 fine tune and specify, and you go over and over and over and over and over, and eventually you get it the way you want it. But I wonder if it can have the emotional impact. That it does on the listener, I would imagine, as the creator. So he, I don't know. He does a song that is just an acoustic song. Uh, it's called Horizons, and it's a short little piece. And I love this piece of music. Yeah, and he plays it a lot. So it, it lets it leads me to believe it's an audience favorite. It seems to be a favorite of his. That yeah, I th- and, and, man, you'd hate to think that an artist could create something that beautiful and not while they're playing it be moved by it as they're playing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I also did read that he wrote the Safe Light Repair, Safe Light Replace Jingle. He did. No jingle. way. Yes. We cover that and all the time. We know that that really is emotional to us. It's just unbelievable yeah. that oh. he would do that. Wow. Safe Light Repair, Safe Light Replace. Um, so, did you want to you want to carry on about that conversation yeah, we, we started a little while ago? Yeah. In honor of Steve Hackett. So we had uh, it was my friend Will came up with this this question to pose, which is, what is the what's the best. Uh, opening track from the debut album of a band. People started texting and they started throwing just albums out there. No, it has to be the debut album from the band. The very first song that you ever hear from that band in particular. Is it the band? Is it the album, the debut album, debut or, album the, or the, the band. or the album that got the traction for the band? No, no, no. The debut okay. album, the first album that came out from the band. Mm. De- the debut, as they say. So, like we had said, Appetite for Destruction, that is the first Guns N' Roses album. The leading track uh, is Welcome to the Jungle. I mean, right. that's boom, in your face, automatic. That's right. a big one. Um, Nick, what's on Pearl Jam 10? It's Once, which is a good song, but it starts off with a, a bit of an instrumental. It's not a hit. Uh, it's the debut song on the debut record, um, but it's not my favorite song by my favorite band, so I would not qualify that as uh, as belonging on this list. But I have two. Okay. Um, the first, and the, uh, only I, I got these because they were able to research Sweet Judy Blue Eyes off of Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Mm. That's the first song. That's the first song? Now, they, they were established artists, but Crosby, Stills, and Nash, their first record on and their first song on that 
album was Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. Wow. And then uh, The Best okay. of What's Around by Dave Matthews Band on Under the Table and Dreaming. That's it's, a it's good a, one. It's a lesser known song, um, but it's a great song. It's, uh, it's a concert favorite. It's a perennial any live show. Uh, and if you're a Dave Matthews Band fan like I am, it's a great song on a debut record. So I count. Those are my two favorites. I would say Van Morrison's uh, Safe Light Repair. Oh, <laughs> Was <laughs> beautiful. He um, no, you know, I was the one that I had mentioned was uh, was running with the devil from Van Halen. First mm-hmm. first album they had out, first song, and I mean that's that's a bona fide hit, man. But sometimes they don't mean it to be the, like, do you know what I mean? And then yeah. that's the hit, and yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm trying yeah. to think because it's it's a lot of times, as Casey was saying, they'll put that like for example. Sultans of Swing was a huge hit for the for Dire Straits, but it's side two the first song. Yep, right. nope, it's got to be the opening yeah. track from the debut album, which is it's hard to remember. You got to go back and and dig around a little bit. And and, and my cat peed on all my records. I oh, no. what songs they were. A lot of people texted this one, and it's a good one. More than a feeling by Boston. Yeah, yes. the majority yeah. of the responses I see are more than a feeling from Boston. You know what's interesting? Go on YouTube. And do a search on on Boston and the origin of Boston. And there's an interview with Tom Schultz basically saying that Boston wasn't even a band. It was just him. He recorded all that stuff. Yeah. And then he had Brad Delp come in and do the vocals. And he went And there him. was no band. It was him. He played the keyboards. He play- I don't know if he played drums or not on that album. Because I know Sib was on the second album for sure. But, but he's like... We, it was like the biggest masquerade. Yeah. We weren't a band. Suck. We didn't even like music. He wrote. He wrote all the songs. He created the technology for the for the uh, the sound. You know, he was. He went to MIT. He's an engineer, and, uh, and he said he, he created it all. And he said it wasn't more than a feeling. No, no. it yeah. was. It was less than, than a feeling. feeling. But he lied but to he make the song made, work. And you thought it was more <laughs> than a feeling, but it really wasn't. Who would more listen than a to feeling? less than a feeling? Yeah. Less than a feeling. Uh, Let's go to some calls and see what people want to share. I will go to Mike S. It says, Mike, you're on the air. Good morning. What's up, guys? Yo, bud. What's up? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's breaking up. It says, you two, I will follow. Now, was that their, that was, boy, was their first album, right? But I thought they had done some stuff before that. Boy. Boy. (laughs) It was spelled (laughs) B-O-I-I-I. No. Um... This one's called Boy. Yeah, that's uh, Boy is uh, is 1980. I will follow. That's the first song. That's a great one. The first, uh, the single that we played at MMR was uh, Out of Control, though. So, but you know, it doesn't matter. It's the opening track. The debut song of the debut album is I Will Follow. It's the constraint. Yep. So, are are we certain that that Boy was their debut? It's 1980. I'm looking at. I know it's 1980, but was it their debut? Can I burst some bubbles here for a second? It's the first song on that record. We're not from Ireland, and I don't follow. I'm curious if it was the first album for sure because they were they were a high school band. I mean they they yeah. got together early on and they may have put something out before that. So Debut at, studio album. Um, what's that? Debut studio and album. And there it is. is boy. Yeah. There you Thank go. You. That's a good one. That, that is, is a it. phenomenal song. That's that is solid. a yes, an impactful song. Wait a minute. <laughs> Keep yourself alive is not the debut track from Hang on. It is. It is. It is. From their first album? It is. Jake, let's check. Yes. From their first album? Yes, it is. It's uh, Queen, the first album, 1973, the first song, Keep Yourself Alive. Keep uh, yourself Their first alive. album came out in... 71. 71. Uh, and 71. it's more it's than a feeling. Album. All right. Yeah. No, the first album, well, Queen, uh, Keep Yourself <laughs> Queen, Alive, came out in 1973. It's the first album. Okay. We're going to check on that. Thank you. Because right. yeah. uh, right. 
But you yeah. right. You yeah. Yeah. Side one. Side one. Keep yourself alive. Doing all right. Great King Rat, which I don't know. My fairy King. So the first four. All right. That's songs. solid. Yeah. Keep yourself alive. That's, That's a great solid. one. All right. Why thanks, are we saying seventy one then? I don't know. Just a lie. Because <laughs> it said seventy one to seventy three on Ew. the Wikipedia page. So I thought maybe they had something for that. Goddamn people's encyclopedia. <laughs> uh, let's go to Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Hey, man. What's happening? Yo, bud. All right. So what do you think? Greatest. Debut album lead track. Good times, bad times. Led Zeppelin's first album. That's huge. That's an excellent. That's a big one. That's that might really be a huge one. It doesn't get any bigger than that, man. Yeah, yeah man. Get off the nuts. <laughs> and you know what though? They weren't a Zeppelin. They were a blimp. Yeah. And they were not good times. No, they were bad, bad times. times. But it was. It should have been bad times. Good, good times. times. Initially, uh, yeah. but uh, all right, Bobby. Thank you for the contribution. Why didn't they use that as a theme to good times? What's that? Why didn't they use that as a theme to good times? Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm. Good times, bad times. No, I had my share. Oh, yeah. Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to Flossie. Hi, Flossie. Good morning, everyone. How are you? We're great. How you doing, Flossie? Good, thank you. Wonderful. Listen, never mind. Okay, thanks for calling. <laughs> never mind. The first song on Never Mind is what? Well, I. That's I not their like debut that... album, though. It's it's Bleach, Bleach, right? Bleach is their debut album. And I think their first song on that is called Flow. <laughs> now listen, <laughs> I, I should have done my research. I All right, thinking, we still love you. I was thinking um, Electric Light Orchestra on the third day. Um, the first song was King of the Universe. I don't but, even know um, that song. Was that a hit? Um, it was the. I think it's what made ELO famous in the States. All right. That uh, album. It, it actually says here it's the third studio album, but it was released in the United <laughs> Flossie, States. Well, you're just, come on. You're just a you're throwing a wrench into this. We love not, you, but you're... Not at all helpful. Next, you're going to tell us that Boston was more than a feeling. Now, as Steve, to you, um, talking about emotions and Genesis, they're my go-to band as well. There we go. I, we're so amazing. favorite of all time. At, after COVID, we'll have a listening party. Um... More fool me. What's that? More fool me. Those that are just is, three words that you wanted to say. More that fool is, me. That what? is uh, that's an emotional song that Genesis. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, the emotional stuff. Okay. okay. Well, we appreciate. It. We love you. Yeah, love you too, guys. Have right. a bye, bye. You too. Bye, bye, Flossie. More fool me, guys. Uh, <laughs> let's go to uh, Eat Brian. More soup. Hi, Brian. Hey guys. Good morning. Good morning. What's good morning. up, bud? Hey, the doors break on through. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That's All a biggie. Right. The debut song on the debut album. We're making sure it's following the, the criteria here. of this. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nick is good. checking. All right. uh, it's the fourth album by German pop singer Jeanette. Oh, wait. I looked oh, up that's, the wrong no, one. That's, um, wow, she's hot. Like she's uh, leaning back in a bikini with fire behind her. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, man. We'll check on that. Uh, break on through from the doors. Uh, yeah, it is the on. opening track from their debut album. Yeah, there you right. go. That's huge. huge. Did we determine the debut, the first track on the debut Beatles album? Did we confirm? Oh yeah, it was. Um, I oh crap. I want to hold your hand. Was their first single in the United States, right? And Meet the Beatles was the second album released in the U.S. See, it gets it does weird. get weird. So the absolute first recording, I want to hold your meat was the first. <laughs> their first hit was Love Me Do. Um, love, love yeah. me do. Did you know Ringo didn't play drums on that? What? Yeah, yeah it was brought that, in the studio Pete guy. Best? Was that Pete Best? No, it wasn't Pete Best. They brought in a studio guy. Pete was no, already out of the band by then. Oof. 
But for some reason, they didn't. They didn't want Ringo uh, playing. Ringo played uh, drums on Dear Prudence. Uh, did uh, Paul? Yeah. Okay. Paul played drums on a few. He played drums on uh, Back in the USSR. In fact, he played every instrument on Back in the USSR. There was a stretch where Ringo just wasn't there for any yeah. recording sessions, and he Paul was, was like, "I'll do it. I'll play." Yeah. Yeah. Who'll you do? Uh, <laughs> play a little beat now. Play a little on the drums. A bit, 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 bit. <laughs> Paul, can you play the drums? Beep, beep, beep. And let's go to how about um, Poe? Yo, Poe. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? What what debut uh, album from a band had the best lead track ever, in your opinion? Well, yeah, with the words to start, Are You Ready? I'm going to go Blind by Corn. Corn, okay, from Blind? That's a good one as well. Okay. Yeah, it was nice. I don't know McCorn. That well, so I'll just have to. I'll just have to trust you on that. Yeah. Thanks, Poe. All right, All right man. Uh, let's see. Sounds All good. right, look at this. Look at look at callers seven and eight. Same band, different song. <laughs> oh, let's yes. put them on at the same exact time. Who's right? Okay, we can do that. All right, I'm gonna go. Oh, when I'm hung up. Why would he you knew he do was wrong? that? Yep, yeah. I'm gonna go to Will. Hey, Will. Yo. Yo. How you uh, doing, folks? All right, we're doing great. So, debut album from a band, first track, best ever in your opinion? Uh, the Cars, Good Times Roll. That's a great song. That is excellent. And I also, and, like the first three songs on that album, I always, you know, you can't play just that song when you play the album. You had to play the first three songs. What were the other songs? The other songs, My Best Friend's Girl oh. and Just What I Needed. Just what the three hits right, out, right in a row right there. What was it? Do me a favor, Nick, if you don't mind. Look up the um, the Pretenders okay. and what their debut album was. Because I'm wondering if it led with Brass and Pocket, because that'd be pretty. That'd be a pretty explosive uh, lead off. Uh, so I have one. That up. Yep. Can't buy a thrill. Steely Dan. The first song is "Do It Again." Mm-hmm. Ooh, on the debut. That's a good one. That's a great song. That is a great song. Uh, let me see here. How about? Let's go to Alex. Yo, Alex, good morning. Yo, good morning. The end is purple. The yes, end it is. is purple. We're talking about that Boston earlier. second album. <laughs> that was on Boston's second <laughs> yeah, album? Yeah, yeah, Wow. Uh, so what do you think? Uh, best debut song from a band? First first track, anyway, I should say, from their debut album. I gotta go with the mighty Metallica, man. Hit the lights off of Kill em All, 1983. Come out swinging. Wow, wow yeah. Okay. You know, it, we'll add it to the list. So, Thanks, so big. If you're thinking, what ones like just thundered? Like put them on the map. Um, well, you know what? I don't know ACDC what they love. Oh, by, by the way, the, the, the Pretenders was uh, Precious, which is precious. I don't I don't know that song <laughs> by Gollum. <laughs> you all know Gollum. You all know Gollum. <laughs> Count it off, Gollum. Here we go. <laughs> High Voltage was ACDC's first album, and uh, Baby Please Don't Go is what they led with. Please don't go. No. Don't Wait, go. Song by them? I don't know that song. Baby Please Don't Go. No, not that. It wasn't a cover of uh, the, the, the Them song, right? You know yeah. that song? Yeah. Baby, please don't go. Baby, please don't go. Okay. Baby, please don't go. Then a New Orleans. You know what? Love so, baby, please don't go. I don't know. I do not know. Uh, let me go next to Brian. Hey, Brian, man. Yeah, them. Okay, I'm right. Hey, oh, hey, nice. Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing? Good. How you, sir? Great. 
All right, so uh, what do you think? Lead track from a, a band debuting on their first album. Well, I definitely agree with the Van Halen, but I got two other ones. Right. ACDC, Long Way to the Top, and also uh, Rage Machine, Killing in the Name of. Ah, uh, right. Killing in the Name from Rage, that's definitely, that's a band-defining song right there. Uh, but we looked yeah, up the ACDC that. thing, and it doesn't look like that was the first song they had on their debut album, Long Way to the Top. So I think it's, I think it's uh, High Voltage is their first album, and it should be Long Way to the Top. I think it's their first first song off that track, or that you know, album. Okay. We, we just looked it up. Uh, well, okay. Listen, there's, you get information on, on countries releasing different albums uh, in different orders, and yeah. so it can be a bit confusing. Especially with the Beatles. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Um, Which is weird. They always looked at that as really stupid as to why they... It's very stupid. ...released, changed the track orders and changed the albums in, in, the, U, in the U.S. versus the U.K., but they had the, the, the record company had a strategy. What about greetings from Asbury Park, the debut album for Bruce Springsteen? The first song on side one is Blinded by the Light, which wasn't wow. initially. They didn't write it. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. No, he did write it. Yeah, he wrote it. Oh, then, I'm sorry. Uh, he man did for write man. it. Yeah. Man for Man redid yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, That's right. I didn't know that was his debut song. That was his debut song. Well, this is deb- the, the big hit on that album. Well. Man for Man's <laughs> version is way better, yeah. though. <laughs> I do like it better. I agree. Yeah. So sorry about I, I that. I especially I love the extended version, which they, which we we will play, but they mm-hmm. don't. A lot of times they just cut to the radio edit, which is shorter. Yeah. The when it gets a little adventurous with the yeah uh, synthesizer and everything, right? It's excellent. So well, here's a good one that a bunch of listeners are texting in. Uh, Blitzkrieg brought by the Ramones uh, off off of the record, the Ramones. Wow. So that's number one on their debut record, Blitzkrieg Bop. Okay. Uh, I will go next to Adam. Hey, Adam, how you doing, man? What's up, guys? Yo, bud. All right, what do you want to add to the conversation? The police next to you. Oh, all I want is to be next to you. That's a really good song. High tempo. Not one of their big, big hits, but definitely a fan favorite, and and it's a good way to come out swinging, so I like it. All right, thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Uh, Let's go to Michael. Yo, Michael. Hey, hey. Hey, That's uh, all good, bud. All right, so what do you think? What, what would be considered at least your favorite all-time opening track debut album from a band? Okay, not actually not rock and roll. This is a uh, rap. That's right. But it's uh, Straight Outta Compton by N.W.A. Okay. I mean, it just exploded. The bow, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it, then Pat it, Boone did a cover. Firmly it, establishes it, it, them. Yes, it did. Changed rap forever. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. <laughs> All right, thanks, Michael. Appreciate that. Take care. Mm-hmm. I haven't had time to stop and think. I'm looking at all these, I know. And, and I don't have time to think uh, about it on my own. What's Fish's first album and lead track on that album? Uh, think Jun- about your favorite band. Yeah, my favorite band. Uh, their first album, uh, studio album, is Junta or Junta, and the first Junta. the first song is Fee, so I wouldn't I wouldn't qualify it. Okay. Yeah, it's a good song. I like it. I like it that song, but um, for me, it's it's not. Uh, uh, Especially on that album, it's not even the best song on that album. Okay. Not even the third best song on that album. Uh, all right. It's great. It stinks. <laughs> all right, let's what go. Well, he can sometimes he gets out of control. I he does, man. His, his record review show is horrible. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> You're better than that. I know. Today I know. we're going to talk about what stinks. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Just an yeah, entire yeah, show yeah. About, the, about music that sucks. Thanks for tuning in tonight. We're going to go through five more albums that stink. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's all the show yeah. is about. Everything that just sucks. <laughs> Nothing good at all. Uh, I will go to Will. Hi, Will. Good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Thanks, man. All right, so what do you think? What should be on this list? Uh, 311, down. Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's you know, I, gr- I grew up with those guys. That's excellent. They've always been the greatest. But that was their first hit album. I'm, we're, we're reading some uh, some stats on that album. It's, it was oh. actually their third album. Oh, yeah, we need the first But studio. they did it as their first oh, album. album, so... Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, it's right. It stinks. Either way, it's, either way, it's a good song. It yeah, is a good song. I think we could all agree on that. All right. Thank you. Uh, here's one Nick just brought up. Uh, Foo Fighters. What? This is a call. Yes. Great song. There you go. That's a perfect example. And I do remember the that first exploded. time getting ready to hear that because we knew hey, it's the drummer from Nirvana. This guy's a drummer. What do you think he's gonna he's gonna front a band? You know. And then this song comes out and you're like, okay, good day. This is really good. Came out 25 years ago. Wow. God. I want to die. And I remember they had um, they had another drummer come in, and I forgot who it was, to perform. And uh, Dave disliked everything that he did so much that he went back in and recorded all the you drums stink. himself. Yeah, that's what he pretty much said. He listened to it. It stinks! <laughs> I think I'm correct about that, but then again, don't listen to me. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> on this on this record, Dave did guitars, vocals, bass, and drums. There you okay, go. I got it one. Him. It's like Boston. Yeah. The yeah. Birds debut album, first song on the debut album, Mr. Tambourine Man. Okay. Okay. What about uh, Philadelphia bands? What about like a Hall and Oots or Boston? <laughs> Hall and Oots. <laughs> Hall and Oots or... uh, I don't know what there was. Sarah Smile. Sarah I, don't know, Smile. I don't know if it led that no. album or not, but that was the first hit I remember from them. Uh, Nick has pulled up Whole Oats. You know, and this was back in the day, by the way, where uh, a lot of times you, you it, they give you a couple albums to get your footing. Yes, and then they they really then push you could the push on one. Yeah, so I don't see any hits on this album. What there. was the first song on the first Smashing Pumpkins album? The debut. Oh, uh, one was that Gish. What was their first album? Uh, it was Gash. Actually, yeah. came before Gish. <laughs> oh, Gash. Yeah, yeah, it was G- Gash. Gish, and then, Gash, and Goosh. Gash before Gish is like bros before hoes. <laughs> and then Gish, and I'm going to it right now, case. And then going to the first song, give me two seconds. I'm on the People's Encyclopedia. Beecher. I am one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that song. Uh, Stinks! What, uh, what was the hit off of that? Uh, it was... I don't uh, recognize fl- any of those songs. Fluff or Nutter. Daydream? Maybe? I don't know. Rhinoceros, which was the track, third track. Yeah, I don't know that one. That's right, it stinks! I am Sorry, one. Rock. I don't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, Tonight me- I review the Smash Pumpkin's debut album. <laughs> Stinks! <laughs> I love this measurement. I'm going to go to John. <laughs> Hi, John. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, John. All right, so what would you like to add? Explosive album. Explosive intro. Guy just had a birthday. Meatloaf. Title track on Bad Out of Hell. Oh, okay. So Bad Out of Hell. Yeah. That's a great song. So Jim Steinman wrote all that stuff, yeah, right? he did. He did, yeah. And uh, they Talk about it. I mean, does that guy not get yes. enough credit for... I Prob- mean, probably not. I mean, the cavalcade mm-hmm. of power rock hits he wrote. It's great music, but it wouldn't have been what it was without Meatloaf singing it because his theatrics and his voice and everything, you know. Absolutely. So that, so. And it's also at that time happened to sound a lot in many ways like Springsteen. In, uh, in some, some, really? Some, I, 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 yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. With, the, with the big piano parts yep, and everything yep, yep. and, and uh, the adventurous 
I think so. Up-tempo nature of it. Yeah. I, could, I could see that. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Nick just said, there's a picture of meatloaf. The recent picture oh. of meatloaf. Whoa. Yeah. Kind of looks like Charlie Manuel a little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. A little bit. Okay. No, he's more like Salisbury steak. <laughs> a, little, a lot more gravy. <laughs> Used to love that. <laughs> you still dinners. don't? No, I got sick on it one time when I was a kid, and mm. I haven't had it since. Okay. Did it give you bad BMs? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I was just straight up vomiting. Okay. I'm going to go to Charlie. <laughs> Hi, Charlie. Hey, Gadzooks. How you doing, fellas? Gadzooks, buddy. We're doing well. I'm going to show my age here. I was 10 years old, and this scared the hell out of me, and I fell in love with this little four-piece band from England, Black Sabbath. Yeah. That song, Black, that song, Black Sabbath. Oh, wow. That's a that's a scary tune. There's a scary band, but that song is, yeah, I know what you're saying. I don't even know that song. Is that 1969? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I was wow. Nine years old. Hey, Nick, can and, you... Uh, that started it all for me, man. I've been I've been on board ever since. I got a Black Sabbath tattoo when I was 52. Wow. wow. Okay, you've been a lifelong. Nice. 78 to work. Safe life repairs. <laughs> Safe life repairs. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. What so, was the uh, Killers' debut awesome. album? And, the, and the, Nick, if you could check that. Yeah, yeah. What is your what are, you know subcategory here? What are your thoughts on bands naming a song after the band, a la Black Sabbath? Uh, it like this didn't bother me. Okay. No, but listen to this. This is just this is evil, and this is in the '60s, by the way. Yeah, there is a crack in your windshield. <laughs> And yet you're at your daughter's recital. What do you do? Call safe light repair. Uh, yeah, they were a scary band, man. Yeah, and to put it into perspective, 1969. Yeah, yeah I mean, I didn't, I didn't hear this till you know the 1980s, and it terrified me then. So, still has. And, and Spinal Tap, I think, was clearly oh, tapping with, yeah. with the Druid stuff. It's they, clearly based on this. Stonehenge was yeah, right yeah. out of this. this right? Stands before me. And for some reason, as kids, this is the second line we made up for this song. I don't know why. You ready for this? Uh-huh. It's stupid here. A drop of milk on the table. I don't know why, but me and my friends would always sing that line when we would hear this song. You have any, all right. I don't know I'll who made it up. my keys upon the dashboard. We just did. Do you recall the group of friends that you did that with? Oh, and yeah. Would any of those guys have any idea? I haven't talked okay. to those guys in ages, all so right. I, I don't know. All right, two things. Uh, Steve, to answer your question, Jenny was a friend of mine, which is a great song, but it was followed by Mr. Brightside. Off which of, is the mega hit. Yeah, off of Hot Fuss yeah. um, by the Killers. But here's a good one. Vivid. Live in Color, first song, Ooh. debut album, Cult, Cult of Personality. Personality. Oh, yeah. Huge. That's big. Well, you know you know when an album, you know, it's funny, like, um, when an album just, everyone's like, oh, my God, and they're just looking. We, we get a little bit less of that now. Yeah. But um, then you have anomalies, as we discussed with Frampton Comes Alive, where his career really kicked in. He had had multiple albums out, and that was just a sort of a best of Live presentation of songs she'd already done, which then took off. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they, they, you could, you could have several albums and not really have a huge hit. In fact, it was sort of expected that yeah. you would st- sort of ply your trade that way. 
and and get your chops. I remember a long time ago. So we had uh, <clears throat> you remember Greg Kinn? Yes. So he did, you know uh, Jeopardy was a huge hit for him and and uh, the breakup song. But anyway, we had him on the air to do kind of a Where Are They Now thing. And he was talking, he's like, yeah, and that was when our 12th album came out. And I'm like, your 12th album? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I know two songs from you guys. He's like, well, that's the way it used to be. They would, they would, you know, they'd, they'd support you. I mean, it would have to be the anomaly that the first song on your debut album, and as it's, as obviously as we're going through this and having difficulty in finding stuff that suits this topic, uh, it has to be the anomaly. So, like, okay, I'm looking at... Cold Spring Harbor is the first Billy Joel. I never even heard of that. I don't know album. that song. They, that's the album that uh, that they that got the whole the whole issue. That actually that album is what caused Piano Man because he got into a fight with his record company mm-hmm. and he actually just junked it all and just left left and actually was playing piano in a lounge bars. Guy. Yeah, a lounge yeah. guy. And then wrote that song and he wrote Piano yeah. Man, which out. became his debut explosive hit. So in 1990, Mariah Carey came out swinging with Vision of Love. Right. And True. that was the... Uh, was that the lead track? So it was the lead track. Actually, her album was just called Mariah Carey, and the lead track was Boston. Vision of Love. <laughs> it was more than a feeling. Yeah. Before that was Madonna. Her album was Madonna. Was it? And, and what was the lead track on that one? Lucky was that... Star. Oh, All right. That was a hit. One, That's man. pretty big. She had four hits on that album. Yeah, what about, wait, borderline. I can tell you what they are. Okay. All right, never mind. Here I have Damn one. It. <laughs> it's got to be. Well, uh, um, uh, Al- like Alanis Borderline. Morissette. Oh, her, her yeah. Debut. What was the first song? Well, that, she had like five number ones off that album. That wasn't, I don't think that was her debut album because she was a pop singer before that. Yeah. That was her That was her first rock album. She rebranded herself. So was, what was she called? Alanis Morissette. Yeah. You know, because um, How I Met Your Mother actually parodied. Did you ever watch that show? Yeah, because they had Robin Sparkle, who is a the, the singing Canadian singing uh-huh. alter ego, kind of um, like an Alanis Morissette. You'll need to check on that. Uh, I didn't know that was. I, I, I yeah, Alanis, and now is the time. So that was nineteen. Yeah, Jagged Little Pill was her third. Yeah. Right. Six. Um, Wait, go back to go back to Madonna. Name, right. yeah. name the four Six. songs. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Lucky Star, Borderline. Um, like a virgin on that album? No. Nah. I then I've lost it. Never mind. Oh, you got you got the two. Well, Casey helped me out with Borderline. Oh, so you got one. That was good. I did. Hey, the one that no, I told you. you told me that. <laughs> I think. What was it? Oh, holiday. Holiday. Oh. And holiday. I love that song. Burn it up, burn it up for your love. Hi. Burn it up. Oh, I forgot I'm not the same. If you took holiday. Uh, Michael Jackson, Off the Wall, was that his first uh, single album? Because that was Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, and that wow. was damn good. That was 1979. Are we making the delineation between solo artist yeah. after yeah. having been a band? I think or, because it, the I Jacksons? Think it, no, I think you got to be fair enough uh, and do that. Um, well, because like he had se- been, I'm sorry, Casey, he had been in 72. He had got to be there in, uh, in 72, 72 as well. As well yeah. And those were solos, mother after. Those were albums. That was him yeah. as a solo okay. artist? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. The, he was basically doing covers back then, so Ain't No Sunshine was that first song off of. Uh... But off the wall, Jesus All right, then what was the first? What was the first Jackson 5 uh, album and lead track? All right, so we got uh, Jackson 5, 1970. Diana Ross Presents the Jackson 5 was the wow. name of their first album. <laughs> yeah. So what was the first? Uh, Zippity-Doo-Dah. <laughs> <laughs> 
the old the Disney song from uh, Song of the South? I believe so, Is yeah. Is that what it's from? I Want You Back wasn't uh, was the third single, yeah. or was the third track on that I record. I Want You Back because your friend has a pee-pee. Oh, oh shut it! Dude. <laughs> really gross. Um, uh, by the way, if you're just joining the discussion, this is greatest lead track from a debut album of a band or or musician or, you know, an artist. Um, let me go to Dave. Hey, Dave. Hello. Hi, Dave. You're on the air. Go ahead, buddy. Top of the morning. Top, Top of the morning, morning to you. Dave! Top of the morning to you. <laughs> you yeah, how about a little name band uh, called Bon Jovi with a little hit called Runaway? Yeah, first song off the first album. That's a yeah, that's a big song to lead with. It's a big hit. Yep. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, hang on, Greg's wrong. I'm going to go to him anyway. Hey, Greg. Hey, 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 everybody. How's it going? Good, good. All right. So, what do you want to mention? Night Rangers still rocking America. That's from their second album, bud. Ah. Oh, uh, is it? Yeah. yeah. What's their first album? Uh, Don't Tell Me You Love Me was on their first album. And Holiday. And the band, <laughs> and, and the song Rumors, I think, was on the first album. But Rockin' America was like the second uh, oh. run that they started. I mean, but, but thank you anyway, Greg. All of the <laughs> bands out there, Night Ranger was the one? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he liked Night Ranger. Okay, that's fine. Listen, yeah, if, but, uh, if you... T- there, sometimes that happens. A lot of times you'll find like you'll find one hit wonders will have their best song as the first song on their debut album. I know, but we've you know in this conversation we've said the Doors and you know the Beatles, the Beatles, and, and the Night Ranger, Night Ranger. <laughs> Dawn Patrol. You know, how about Skid Row? How about Skid Row? Yeah, how about those guys? Mm-hmm. Watch out for them. Uh, <laughs> those cats really know how to rock. Was eighteen in life the lead single off of the uh, the first album, or not the single, but the first uh, track on the first album? Debut let's... album was Skid Row. All right, let's find out. When you come to your town, rocking and rolling and whatnot. <laughs> uh, no. It's number five. Yeah, uh, I remember you was number ten on that record. I like that out al- or song. Let me go to Kevin. Hi, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin. What uh, debut song uh, or first track from a debut album from a band? Well, this guy had multiple bands, so I don't know if it counts, but Audio Sleeve, uh, Cochise. It does count. It does count because if we're we're allowing single um, artists, uh, even so, super groups. Yep. Asia, then. Asia. Heat of the moment. (coughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think that's the first track. All right, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. Um, What what came out on Soundgarden's (laughs) first album? Was it Bad Motorfinger? That was the album, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the lead track was because if it was if it was Black Hole, so it was Stinky Middle Finger. Uh, <laughs> then that would be a big, big, biggie. But I can't see them leading. No, Bad Motor Finger was number two. Oh, yeah. So they but, and that's the thing. Like th- that was their first big studio album, but they had a couple that were floating around <laughs> beforehand. So right. I guess it really depends on on uh, what you qualify as the first record. Do you remember though this this conjures memories of of you know putting on a CD or putting on a, a record yes. with a band that you were not that familiar with? And there had been many times in my record buying history where I purchased an album simply based on cover art. Yep, and I put it on, and and then and sometimes you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, and other times you know it was a, I, a gamble. I, I remember being completely let down. There's there's a punk band called <clears throat> The Cramps. And they had the coolest looking oh, yeah. album cover I'd ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Dave Llewellyn loved the cramps. Yellow with this 
freaky looking dude. Yeah. And and me and my hard rocking buddy, somebody yeah. had the album. We put it on. We're like, this sucks, <laughs> man. Thanks. But they they had it sticks. They had they had a place at a very niche group and people that, love that people yeah. loved. Yeah. And I go back and I'm like, all right, I can see it's totally irre- irreverent. But yeah. what I was looking for for music, stunk. <laughs> when, horrible. When I was cool the, album cover. When I was growing up, there was a store that used to that um, it took over where Pat's Chili Dogs was. Pat's was it, Chili Dogs. It, it, was, uh, it ended up becoming a, a compact disc store, uh-huh. and you could listen to the albums before you bought anything. Uh, and it was, like it was so cool. It was you know. So you didn't, you know, buy something kind of like sight unseen or really sight unheard. That is an alien concept to yeah. people. You can just sample on, you know, online in a second. Uh, but you, there used to be something really cool, like an Empire Records, which is Marissa's favorite movie, going into the booths and listening yeah. to, you know, the songs. The I'm going to go to, uh, oh, do we have Pat Shelley? Rusty, hang on a second. <laughs> Cinderella with the classic Rusty. I am Jim Morrison, if you want a good strong bully. <laughs> Luigi's. Uh, is everybody in here? Luigi's. <laughs> the show's about to begin. <laughs> Rusty, you're on the air. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah get Zeus, guys. Get Zeus, buddy. All right. <laughs> Dave, uh, so lead track believe, from a debut I, album. What do you want to add? Yeah, I can't believe this hasn't come up yet. Foreigner. Feels like a first time. It's a great song. It's a great song. You know what? Foreigner has always sort of floated in that mid-range for me. There's some songs I love and some songs I just can't stand. Here's, I, here's what's been a happened. solid band. It's like going to a John Cougar concert. Yeah. And they start playing the songs, and it's hit after hit right. after hit. And this song, and it's sing-along. And, oh, I know the words to this. Right. Oh, the melody is great in that. It's they're that type of band. But, John, like, for me, one Thanks, of the Rusty. greatest concerts I ever saw was John Cougar Mellencamp's. Uh, it was a show at Jones Beach Theater. He did close to three hours every effing song was that was a hit and a song that i loved you know uh i need a lover that won't drive me crazy might have been the lead track from his first album that's a big that one is a great, and that is so that is no. like that's like no. a, a 12 minute song suck it i know <laughs> well i just looked it up as you guys were talking about it but it's a song i don't know called american dream and it was when he was johnny cougar before he was uh, john mellencamp yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah they uh he was still michael jackson at that <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know that album. Wait a second. It's a bunch of covers. Oh. Are we sure this is it? Yeah. It's his debut album. Chestnut Street Incident. Okay. Because uh, I guess it was the second album that uh, that had uh, I Need a Lover on it. Because there was that whole album is great, yeah. by the way. we got to is... wrap it up, guys. Sorry. Ah! Ah! Is number, is, is Alyssa correct, um, Preston Ump, on this? No, that's the wrong. Uh, that's the second No, one. Nick had said the first Dave Matthews band song was what? Best of What's Around. Is the first song on the lead on Under the Table and Dreaming? Yeah, great song, great yeah. debut song on debut record. Mm-hmm. All right, well maybe we'll we'll throw something out on social media. Marissa's probably already done that. She where you has. can you can chime in and you can add to the list. And you know what we should do another time is greatest album cover art too. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, and it, see it, if it's, was a thing with that yields. Uh, or we can. I have an idea. I'll get to okay. it later. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. We'll get to the bizarre file, and uh, we still got some stuff to give away today. So uh, stay close. We'll be back in a moment. 93.3 WMMR presents Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month, Mo Lauda and the Humble.
celebrating our area's best talent. Bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Here and see more at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Mo Lauda and the Humble, Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Before we get into the Bizarre File, I'm going to give away my last $50 Dunkin' gift card to celebrate National Coffee Day, which is today. And this year we're calling it National Dunkin' Day. So we'll take caller number 18 at 215-263-WMMR, and we will set you up with a $50 Dunkin' gift card. And don't forget, wake up, drink, drink Dunkin' and be awesome, and celebrate today with a free, medium, hot, or iced coffee with any purchase. America runs on Dunkin'. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre Final. All right, brought to you by Revivalist Spirits. They just won the USA Today 2020 Top 10 Craft Gins in the Country. You can pick up a bottle today, or if you are a Pennsylvania resident and over 21, have it safely delivered to your door. Go to RevivalistSpirits.com for details. Well, this is weird. A man made off with a French bulldog puppy after holding the puppy's owners at knife point on Thursday night. He jacked them out of a puppy. Why? Uh, I mean, they're adorable, but come on. The owners had listed the puppy for sale on Craigslist and agreed to meet the man to sell the puppy. The owners were in the Arby's restaurant parking lot, waiting to meet the man to make the sale. man approached the vehicle, asked to see the puppy. And the owners asked to see the money first. <laughs> I mean, this is like a, it's like a, a hostage. Yeah, swap. yeah. Uh, the man pulled out a knife, threatened him. Did the Arby's valet get the license plate? I don't know if he was uh, on duty or off at that point, Steve, but the suspect demanded the puppy and the keys to their truck. However, uh, the driver drove away. Uh, The suspect then fled the scene with the puppy in a black older model Chevrolet Tahoe with silver rims, and police are looking for him. I don't like that at all. Hopefully they'll track him down. A burglary suspect hit a cop in the face with a Bible, an attack that led to his tasing and arrest on multiple criminal charges. Robert Otis Haskins, the alleged Bible thumper, was uh, collared following a confrontation at a residence in Summerfield, Florida. And Haskins is being held in the county jail in lieu of $13,000 bond. Look, I'm a big believer in the good book, but a taser beats the Bible. Uh, Police responding to a 911 call about a burglary encountered Hoskins, who was only wearing a pair of gray briefs outside his residence. Of course he was. Next door to the burglarized property. As a deputy sought to question Hoskins, uh, he began shouting at the cop as he approached with a book in his right hand. Hoskins then wound up and threw the good book at the officer, who was struck in the face and jaw by the volume. Uh, the Bible uh, tossing was captured by a body cam worn by a cop who was not in the line of fire. As he uncorked the throw, Hoskins stated something like, I condemn you, according to a police officer. Hoskins was subsequently tased and taken into custody before a brief struggle. I hope the guy said before, I tase you, you know, right before <laughs> yeah, he shot yeah, him yeah. with it. After you the almost condemn. have to. Hoskins' wife told deputies that uh, he does have a bit of a drug problem. Which, Just a bit. <laughs> which seemed apparent when Hoskins told cops that God had directed him to break into his neighbor's home and free the victim's juvenile daughter. In fact, I think he was using drugs this very day. Uh, cops noted that Hoskins' antics 
Did not end after he was handcuffed after defecating on himself at the crime scene. Why do they always do that? He unsuccessfully... I'll show you. Yeah. Uh, he unsuccessfully tried to bolt from the officers upon arrival at the county jail, so he's got all kinds of charges against him. A wild scene was caught on camera in Boulder County earlier this week. Apparently, a bull moose was seen damaging a car with its antlers. Oh. Why don't you forget the moose? For a moment. Apparently, he was trying to sharpen the uh, the uh, antlers. The antlers on the car. A bull moose. Uh, the car. Yeah, the car was empty. Uh, the car owner came back to the car and found a note from a videographer who happened to catch it on camera. And apparently, moose act ornery during the rutting season. Don't Rut- they have access to regular grinders? Uh, rut, also known as mating season, is here for elk and moose. Moose. Uh, the, yeah, the moose. Why don't you forget the moose? For a moment. Uh, the season lasts through mid-October for elk and early October for moose. Why don't yes. you forget the moose? Okay. My wife was in, in Yellowstone and saw a uh, a moose. Actually, a couple of them. They're incredible. Yeah, they're they, amazing. They seem improbable, yep. but they're amazing. Yep. Uh, officials are investigating a possible drug overdose Thursday after four crew members were found unconscious aboard a sport fishing boat at San Diego's Fisherman's Landing. Hey, guys, sport fishing. Police received a call at 8.50 a.m. about a person on board a fishing boat who was not breathing, and once they arrived, they found four crew members wow. in varying states of unconsciousness. The fire department administered Narcan as they appeared to be under the, uh, undergoing an overdose of narcotics. The four people were revived and taken to local area hospitals. Now, the boat had just arrived from a three-day fishing trip and was scheduled to go on another three-day fishing trip when that incident occurred. And they all OD'd. Four of them did, not everybody. The one who didn't have the lasagna. Uh, (laughs) Uh, No, the one one who had had the lasagna. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. the one who had lasagna was okay. So... um, (laughs) Apparently, uh, a uh, Glenn Gwatney, who was going to board the boat to go on the fishing trip, said, I'm glad they shut it down before we left, and I'm curious as to why they were doing drugs on the boat. None of the persons trans- get high. transferred to local hospitals <laughs> is believed to be the captain of the ship. Uh, officers said that there may have been other crew members on board the boat as well. That's pretty wild. Gwatney. And that is what I have in the Bizarre File for now. All right, we're going to take a break. Yeah? Am I giving this away? You can give that away. Okay, we're going to give something else away. Give it away. Uh, I have a pair of tickets for Bates Motel and Haunted Attraction. Ah, uh, so cool. Call it number 12 at 215-263-WMMR. You'll experience terror like never before located in Glen Mills, PA. Bates is also uh, the MMR big friggin' deal this week. Excellent. And you can get two tickets for the price of one. And it's just 40 bucks for two tickets. Sweet deal. Uh, you can get it while supplies last at WMMR.com with the keyword deal. 215-263, caller number 12, yours. We'll come back in a second. Lesson question, trash, music news. Those things are up next. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. You know, when it's cloudy, though, the windows don't darken. I was so that's that a plus. I was actually kind of happy about the fact that we're going to get rain today because it'll look normal out our window without yeah. the yeah. tinting turning on around this time of day. Instead of uh, looking as if we're on some sort of space station on the planet Mercury. Or that we're on the set of Ozark. You know how it yeah. always seems yes. dark even in the daytime that's on that it. show? Yeah, that's it's a weird We're in filter. Ozark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
1021, Tuesday morning with the Preston and Steve show. You know what? I'm going to mention a little bit of sad news. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. We, the, a, a guest we have by here, I think we may have had him in a couple times. He was yeah. such a sweetheart, but he lived a long life. Um, a gentleman by the name of Alfio, the King of Caesars, <laughs> passed away this past Friday. A great guy. He he was he had this bowl, this wooden bowl that he made. From what I understand, yes. I think he made it, and he would make um, he would make from scratch Caesar salad, and it was a delight to watch him do it because the man loved to do it, and that he was, was so. His... He just he enjoyed doing it. He loved telling people about it. And he came by, and it was some of the tastiest Caesar salad I've ever heard, had in my life. And he made said Caesar salad for the likes of, like, Sinatra and apparently all sorts of people who were who adored his uh, his uh, his salads. But the uh, the bowl had also a, a, a special. He mm-hmm. treated it with various oils and was very... Well, he didn't, and he didn't wash it. No, you yes. never put soap in, in the wood bowl, he said, so that you would still get the Caesar taste. Yeah, uh, from the bowl. Right, it was seasoned. So uh, it was. For, he worked at Anna's Corner Store, uh, and he passed away. I don't know how old he was. He was in his nineties, right? He had to be. I believe so. Um, so there are services for him. He passed away this fa- last past Friday. His services will be this Friday uh, at Epiphany of Our Lord Church in Plymouth. Meeting. There is a nine thirty viewing. And an 11 a.m. mass as well. Marissa just brought over. Oh, he's 85. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Marissa just brought over his uh, uh, obituary, and uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a lengthy obituary. It's a very long one here. I don't have time to go through all of this right now, but um, let me see if it uh, hits some of the highlights here. Of uh, he told us of some of the people who yeah who he you know he prepared food for. He had a a, a certain level of celebrity. Yeah. Uh, and he was, oh my God, he opened Alfio's in the Benson apartment building in Jenkintown, Steve. We used to work there. DRE used to be. DRE studio was in the Benson East in Jenkintown. The most bizarre, that building was almost like, like a bizarre time portal. Like there was, like universes converged. There was an auto repair place. Uh, it was like a, a retirement home. There were, it was just weird. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm reading this. He had he had his own restaurant in 1987. He was known for his magic tricks, uh, and it was his personality that won yeah. everybody over. But his Caesar salad was fantastic. So that's just sad news, and and uh, we pass along our best to uh, the family. So, all right, um, we're going to do today's lesson question, and we are going to give away for the correct answer a w a copy of WWE two. Battlegrounds, and the question, yeah, I gotta ask this. When performing a colonoscopy, what is Regis Philbin's song of choice when he was alive? It's 215-263-WMMR. When performing a colonoscopy, what was Regis Philbin's song of choice? 215-263-WMMR. Call now, we'll do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Uh, brought to you by autopartsexpert.com for hard to find brand name parts in stock and in our area. 
Order your parts and pick them up in about 30 minutes. Autopartsexpert.com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Juliana Hoff and her estranged husband, Brooks Leish, are trying to make things work after announcing their separation back in May. Leish says a full reconciliation is what he wants, even if that means accommodating Hoff's bisexuality by bringing another woman into their bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) He'll do it if he has to. During an interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger, James Cameron revealed the secret uh, the sequel to Avatar is 100% complete. Arnold pumped Cameron for more info, asking if, quote, there would be more of the kitty cat people. Hey! And finally, <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner and girlfriend Sophia Hutchins are in talks to join the cast of Real High Housewives of Beverly Hills. Producers say the two satisfy all the requirements except for not being housewives and for not living in Beverly Hills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash. All right, we will see if we have somebody who is paying close attention this morning. And we need to know when performing a colonoscopy, what is Regis's song of choice? 215-263-WMMR is the number. And we will go to Andy to see if he has the correct answer. Andy, good morning, sir. Good morning. All right, Andy, what is Regis's favorite song to uh, perform a colonoscopy to? That would be Venture Highway. Venture Highway. Oh, you, got, you got it, Andy. Hang on the line. We're going to get your information, and we are going to set you up with a uh, copy of WWE 2K Battlegrounds. Take your favorite WWE superstars and legends into battle with unhinged, in-your-face pandemonium, or create, customize, and edit your own characters. You can get it now on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, Steam, and Stadia, and it's rated T for Teen. This oh, isn't uh, the Eagles, is it? No, no it's America. It's America. Okay. So what was America's first album, and what was the first uh, song on there? Well, well, before you do that, yeah. Nick, tell them this one. Yeah, take it easy off of the Eagles, the Eagles. Oh. Uh, Oh, that's uh, yeah. That one qualifies, and then somebody else. It's, it's an ongoing conversation because uh, Jimi Hendrix was a uh, Foxy Lady. Wow, uh, another one. But I'll look up uh, America right now. Yeah, because it was if it was Venture Highway. That's a that's a solid. Debut. We had a conversation earlier this morning about what uh, band had the greatest opening track of a debut album, and we got a lot of great responses. So uh, Nick is looking up America. I'm not doing anything until we go to that. Nope. It Riverside. was Riverside. Wow. Don't know that. Yeah. Stinks! But A Horse With No Name was the fifth track. That's right. It stinks! So uh, that would have been in the in the ballpark. But. All right. Um, we need to do music news. So let's do it. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah! <laughs> All right. And music news this morning brought to you by Salus University. Salus University offers some of the fastest growing and highest-paid health professions in the country, including optometry and audiology. Salus University, the future of health science since 1919. To apply, visit salus.edu. Uh, Black Sabbath has partnered with bootmaker Doc Martin for a collaboration that celebrates Black Sabbath and Paranoid's 50th anniversary. I like Doc Martens. I do, too. Uh, in fact, probably the best pair of boots I ever owned were, were Doc Martens. And they weren't the classic yep. black with the steel toe. They, right. were, they yeah. were leather. They were like a, a suede leather, and they were more hiking boots. I still have mine. I had them forever. I think yeah. I still have mine, too. You yeah. know? And, they, and that was a good over 20 years that I had them. Well so. made. Uh, the boots feature Keith, Keith McMillan's artwork printed over 1468i black Susan combat boot. What? Huh? Uh, the collection will land October 1st, by the way. 
ACDC is teasing some type of band activity. The band posted a version of the band's iconic lightning bolt flashing in neon across its social media outlets, leading fans to wonder if a new album is imminent. Uh, the set will presumably mark the return of Brian Johnson behind the mic with a photo of Johnson and Phil Rudd recently posted. I'm back. On the band's site before being mysteriously pulled down. Uh, back in July, D. Snyder had told ABC News that the new ACDC album was already in the can and was being postponed due to COVID, revealing this is going to be a miracle of technology. What will be achieved, the reuniting of the band that we know uh, for one more album is going to be uplifting and heartbreaking at the same time because nothing goes on forever, but this time, ultimate one. This is the ultimate one more time. They only have two posts on their Instagram account. They must have uh, whitewashed all the old stuff. I don't know why. Yeah. But the the, the flashing one you just uh, described, Preston, is from yesterday. Okay. ACDC, just two posts? Just two. So I, I guess they deleted all the other ones that Did they, they have? Did they have other ones? I don't know. Some yeah. people create an account, they get millions of followers, and they don't really post anything, but because it's who they are, people follow them. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Corey Taylor and Loudwire.com are giving fans a chance to watch his live stream performance at, from the Los Angeles Forum for free. Uh, the show billed as the Forum or Against Them show will take place on Friday, the day his solo album comes out, CMF, uh-huh. uh, CMFT. Uh, fans can visit loudwire.com to enter to win a virtual ticket as well as a chance to take home a grand prize, which includes T-shirt, event poster, VIP laminate, an exclusive CMFT acoustic performance, and an autographed Corey Taylor guitar contest ends on Thursday. And, Steve, we were just talking about this the other day. Sean Lennon maintains that he and his half-brother Julian Lennon have always been close, despite legendary tension and past bad blood between Julian and Sean's mom, Yoko. Well, that's good to hear that. Uh, Julian, who was the first of the Beatles' children, was born in 1963. John, his first wife, the late Cynthia Lennon. Sean was born 12 years later to John and Yoko on Lennon's 35th birthday. Uh, Sean, who produced the upcoming Lennon compilation, Gimme Some Truth, which drops on his dad's and his uh, on his and his dad's birthday, October 9th, uh, spoke to uh, spoke about the family. Um, I'm sorry, spoke in an interview about the family, revealing there's a lot of misinformation and rumors about Julian and I not liking each other. But we've always been very close. He was a real hero to me. There may have been complicated feelings between my mom and Julian that never affected us. Excellent. I'm very happy to hear. That. Yes. Yep. So uh, it's about good. the family. <laughs> It's the mayor of the park. That's right. And then uh, one last thing. The Who's patron charity, the Teenage Cancer Trust, uh, will go virtual this year after its legendary string of annual Royal Albert Hall concerts were shut down due to the pandemic. Among the performers donating clips to the online charity series running free of charge on on, uh, YouTube and titled Teenage Cancer Trust Unseen are Paul McCartney, The Who, The Cure, Noel Gallagher, Pulp, Them Crooked Vultures, Muse, and Ed Sheeran. Uh, viewers are urged to watch and donate to TCT. Each stream will air at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, kicking off with Ed Sheeran on Thursday the 8th, followed by Muse on the 9th, Paul McCartney the 11th, Pulp on the 14th, Noel Gallagher on the 15th, Them Crooked Vultures on the 16th, The Who October 17th, and The Cure on the 18th. I just remembered I had a nightmare last night that Pete died. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I don't, I don't know good. why I brought that up. Sorry. Right. Go past this part. And there you go. That is what I have in music news for you. That's it. Nice. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a second. We'll get our letter for the word of the week, and uh, we'll get ready to turn it over to Pierre, and uh, we'll see what else is going on. We'll be right back. 
Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. We're getting ready to wrap up. Uh, it's a tap Tuesday, so we're going to have a... Uh, oh, my God. Order. Yeah, yeah, we're going to make sure that we give away a prize. We'll do that in just a second real That's quick. That's stunning. I would like to uh, thank our guests for being on the show today. We had some uh, really cool conversations with our... Uh, Planned guest, and first we had uh, Alan Rock. Yeah! Cameron from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He was a really nice guy. He was actually on to talk about a garage door opener. Liftmaster. <laughs> and uh, it led into actually some pretty cool conversations about um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and his career, too, which is cool. But it was nice to have him on, so thank you, Alan Rock. And also, outstanding guitarist, Steve Hackett yeah. of Genesis. <laughs> Was on this morning, and uh, great conversation with him, too. He was really good, engaged, yeah. and um, his book is, uh, what is it? Um, it's called uh, In Bed with Genesis, or a Genesis in, in My, my bed. bed. Yes, the Steve Hackett autobiography. Uh, it's available wherever books are sold, and also at hackettsongs.com. Super nice guy. All right, and uh, yeah, Tattoos Day. Yeah. Tattoos Tattoos. Tattoos. All right. We want to congratulate our winner, Nick Brambilla. Yay! Or Brambilla. I'm Yay! not sure. I think it's Brambilla because I went to school with a Brambilla. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he's from Croydon, which is in Delco, right? Nah, it's Buxco. Never mind. That's yeah, in Buxco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of these places I don't just have never been to before. It's... It's like Delco. Oh, okay. it is. <laughs> it's the Delco of Busco. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Nick, congratulations. You got yourself some ink. You'll fit right in there in Croydon with a $350 gift certificate for floating world tattoo and piercing. And they are at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. For artwork samples, you can visit floatingworldtattoos.com or check them out on Instagram at floatingworldtattoos. So take a look. Why don't you? Uh, and thank you to your contribution to the conversations today, especially the one we had about which band has the all-time best opening track on their debut album. Good stuff. And yeah. you can continue on our social media um, accounts and contribute and make some suggestions and hit some things that maybe we didn't get a chance to get. There were a lot that we missed. Yeah, most definitely. All right, we need to do the letter of the day, so uh, let's get to that. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today. All right, uh, so. Hang on a second. Ah, hell. Oh, here he is. Ah, oh, hell. Okay. Uh, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. E. E. Good As the, in, uh... uh I hear a train. What was that? I heard a train. <laughs> I heard a train. Okay. He's like right. a train. He is in ears. All right, ears. Ah. You hear with your ears. And I heard a train. And we have $1,000 courtesy of I Can See Your Voice on Fox 29. Wednesday, it's Ken's Day on Fox. It's a double dose of Dr. Ken on the all-new night of family fun, starting with America's number one show, The Masked Singer. Followed by I Can See Your Voice, a brand new show that asks, can you guess if someone can sing without hearing their voice? And it all starts Wednesday at 8, and it's only at Fox 29, by the way. Uh, Pierre ran in here with a shirt over his face. You forgot your mask, I guess. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I had to use a gym shirt. Okay, a gym <laughs> shirt. Yeah. To run in. Uh, it's very lovely. Thank you. It's uh, uh, it, I, have, I have masks here. Yeah. But I was leaving my house, and there was a tree down in my driveway. Ah. Yeah. It wasn't even a storm. Uh, So um, 
it must, must have beavers. committed suicide. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, not the entire tree, just a limb. It was an amputation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There is so much construction going on over there in your little area that I wanted to just jump out of my car and run home yesterday. It took me an hour to get home from work yesterday. There was uh, traffic on, on Belmont all the way up to City Avenue. The Schuylkill was a mess because of something that had happened. Oh, that was hellacious. So I went back. I took some back roads, and, yeah, I got all turned around. I ended up, uh, like, about an hour to get home. You should have come over for tea. I was thinking about it, but I couldn't <laughs> get there. It was down tree. Well, that, if the wind blows over two miles an hour where I live, there's something is down. So there it is. Oh, it's all good. So what's No, up? it's great. Uh, we'll have program? great blocks today. Fuel. We've got Ozzy. We've got Cage the Elephant. And um, we've got Robin Lee, who's going to fill in for a little bit because we're going to play bingo. Well, not bingo. Yeah. Sort of something different. We're going to play... <laughs> Well, I don't know. Sports bingo, right? Yes. Yeah, Sports like bingo. B-I-N-G-O, 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 and Emma March Madness was its name. Something like that. Yeah. So it's a bracket Emma system. March Madness, but it is a bracket. But Rocktober yeah. Madness. And so we're all going to go on um, the Zoomer, and we're going to have a uh, conference between the various uh, categories and... Um, the various parties. Draft picks. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we'll have draft beer while we have our draft picks. Oh. And we'll pick uh, various bands. And uh, Nick Murphy's going to film the whole thing. So for the next hour, Robin's going to be in for me while we do that. Uh, because I've been rabidly going over bands, as you guys all have. Yes. And so it's going to be fun. It's it's a, a tremendous amount of time we've spent picking these things. Yes. It is. And uh, we start on Thursday. Uh, is that when we begin? I think we okay. begin on Thursday. So the draft right. is today. We're gonna and and people will be able to see this, right? Well, uh, not exactly live. I think later. I think yes. Nick is filming the whole okay. thing, and then he's going to put a uh, a version of it up. Okay, excellent. Well, we'll get that underway in a little while, and that's why Robin Lee's going to be filming in for the first for the first hour, hour or whatever. I don't know mm-hmm. however long it takes worry, us to. I'll, I'll keep it going to do the deed and draft the horses. Casey yes. is running the draft, by the way. He so kept it are. going. Yep. Yep. I here. am, and so I'm going to be a stickler, okay? Do you understand me? Yeah, I sister? sure do, All right. Buster. All right. All right. I run a tight stickler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. I got some right. Presidency Show brought to you today. vacation, you know. By Dunkin', the official coffee of the Presidency Show. And it's uh, National Coffee Day, National Dunkin' Day, by the way. And also brought to you by Acme Markets, fresh food and local flavors. Tomorrow on our show, it's a Wednesday, we go live on Fox Good Day. And we will have astronomer, chief astronomer of the Franklin Institute, uh, one of our favorite guests, Mr. Derek Pitts, who will be yes. joining us. So it will be a good time tomorrow. That's it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day. And we'll see you later today. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. 95 is the worst highway in the country. I want to live long enough to see this thing complete. Next message. I am a robot. Do what I say. Play me a chart out when you get back from commercial. Next message. That ain't you. You're better than that. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.